Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, and we are, believe it or not, live or essentially live from row number seven. That's row number seven <laughs> on this amazing LL flight, the first Nefesh Benefesh charter flight in three years. Uh, we are broadcasting, and I want to tell you something. It is great to be back. Uh, this is one of those unique programs that are so inspiring, so incredible, and so full of energy because of the circumstances of all the people making Aliyah and uh, having the privilege, quote, uh, uh, to say the least, I'm not sure, <laughs> having the absolute privilege uh, to be part of this experience is just incredible. So here we are at the beginning of a JM and the AM broadcast uh, on a Wednesday. Uh, you're listening to it, and of course we're recording it on a uh, flight to Israel as I am looking forward uh, to meeting a lot of great Olim, wonderful um, uh, Jewish heroes who are moving from North America to Israel uh, in what will become uh, the flight that brings it the 75,000th Ole, the 75,000th person to move from North America to Israel with Nefesh Benefesh uh, to the Holy Land. Uh, it's pretty remarkable, and the energy is pretty palpable and pretty incredible. A special shout-out to Nikki Schreiber, Yubids of Judaism. A special shout-out to Shachar. It's three years later, and Shachar is still on the plane. It's unbelievable. Cer cer certain things you just can't, uh, you certain things you just cannot uh, uh, prevent. Shachar, Boker Tov. I know, I know it's Saharayim. I know it's afternoon, but for the listeners, those people that are tuned into the broadcast, it's a Boker Tov, listening on a Wednesday morning. The more things change, the more things stay the same. I miss this place, I can tell you Three that. years later, three years later, Tadarabah, three years later, Shachar is still on the plane. He's I'm, still here. I miss this flight, I can tell you that. Last year we didn't do it, the year before, and... Uh, I good, miss this plane. Good to be back, huh? Good to be back. Baruch Hashem. And yeah. uh, a historic flight. Yeah. Because many people didn't know if it would ever take place again. And sure enough, thank God it has. And here we are. Um, so any major differences for you? Or this is the same Shachar Azran routine that we've gotten used to as the uh, chief photographer on the Nefesh Nefesh <laughs> flight? Um, both. It's uh, it's definitely the same. You know, you, you go, you come in. You know, we, we schedule the flight. Everything's fine. But to be honest, like... The rabbi said earlier, every flight it's different, yeah. and it's not because of the plane. It's not because of the, it's because of the people. Yeah, no question. And about still, it. you know, especially after the last two years, to see uh, 250 people moving to Israel and beautiful 40 soldiers, that's very emotional. And being Israeli, I'm very, very proud to see them on the plane. It's pretty remarkable. We'll go through all the statistics later on, everybody. There are a lot of very important milestones that are being achieved on this flight. And are, have you been on every one of them? There's 60-plus flights. Have you been on every one of them? Uh, I think I've been about like 20 to 30 flights. Nice. That's it. But um, one more thing that I have to, to mention is, especially now with all the anti-Semitism going on in the world, and uh, um, for us, we do feel safe. However, living in New Jersey... Uh, um, you start to think about it. You know, you start to think when you, you know, I, I travel to Europe a lot and, right. and you see it everywhere. And um, I think this is our best weapon right now, just to move to Israel and be part of this uh, glory place. So Shachar is, uh, is becoming an ambassador for Aliyah. You're not just documenting Aliyah, you're becoming an ambassador for Aliyah, encouraging people to get to the Holy Land as soon as possible. I... Uh, 
I'm ambassador for the last uh, 31. As soon as I moved the Gulf War to New York, so I became that's why you ended up in Chutzlaaretz exactly. to encourage others to come yeah. to the Holy Land. You mentioned anti-Semitism. I have to take advantage of the fact that you're a world traveler and somebody who sees uh, from many different seats of government and, and prominent organizations what's going on in other countries. In fact, you mentioned to me that you're on your way. You're going to be in Germany in the very near future. Uh, where do you rank the United States experience in terms of other countries? Uh, do we have any comfort in the fact that as bad as things are, as you're alluding to, still in the U.S. things are much better than other places? Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say much better or say less worse than other places. Right. Uh, um, um, obviously the size of this country, but uh, in Europe you can definitely see it, especially in France. Uh, uh, you go to Eastern uh, Europe, um, I was there um, in uh, Bulgaria like a few weeks ago. Um, yes, you can see it. You can see it, and you can see it also when you, you when you visit the synagogues over there. You right. see the security, yeah. and and we all know it's it's matter of when, you know, it's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. You know your you history, know. I say. Uh, I'm trying to do my best, but really, I, I really like for me like traveling. Uh, uh, we're doing with the World Jewish Congress and uh, right. uh, uh, and at Bergen Belsen. Uh, um, with the president mm -hmm. within like I think a week or two we have an event over there you know we, we, we're trying we're trying and to be honest the governments uh, they are trying to work with us uh, the, the local governments in Europe it's a big battle and the important thing is to stay ahead of it and it's hard to do that um, um, often the the state of Israel and its government helps us in that cause they're paying a lot more attention I think to the diaspora than they did years ago but still, it's a very, very difficult battle. You can see that the last visit of the president in Israel, President Biden, mm -hmm. you know, when he visited uh, Danny Dayan at uh, Yad Vashem. Yad Vashem. So this was a very powerful moment for us, and that's the best PR that we can get, you right. know, for, for the I sometimes think Israel. that people in the president's generation still get it. I hope those in subsequent generations get it, but we shall see. We shall see. Always a pleasure. Tadaraba. Thank you. One of the first people I met when I started doing these Nefesh Benefesh trips, and it's amazing to be back after three years. Well, did I see you in the November uh, opening? In, were you there in Israel for the November opening of the Nefesh Benefesh campus? Or have no. we not seen each other in three years? We, didn't see we have each not other seen each other in three years. You get younger, that's for sure. Yeah. And uh, I just became a grandfather, by the way. Mazel tov, my Two friend. Two weeks ago. Okay, I didn't yeah. get the invite, you, you, but that's okay. You, you've met the father. I don't know if you remember him, but you met him. <laughs> I met the father. And uh, this is, I think, the 63rd flight, right. correct? Right. I wouldn't say 120, because I think they should do many, many more yeah, than that. More, even but, more. Uh, uh, yeah. But Admev Estrum is a good place to start. Yes. Yeah, very place. proud to be here. And Shafa thank you so much for having us. Are you kidding? Thank you so much. Uh, been one of the people that's been such a key to this whole operation, Shachar Azran, who of course documents everything for Nefesh Benefesh. All right, let me go through some of this uh, here. Todaraba, uh, Shachar. Let me go through some of this. Um, there are 225 Olim on this flight. We're going to meet a bunch of them. Uh, that's what we do here every single time that we broadcast from the flight. We meet a bunch of the Olim, real Jewish heroes, people who are making a, uh, an incredible move and, and sometimes in very difficult circumstances. Uh, but they are doing it in a way that's um, uh, to be commended. Uh, many of them just uh, uprooting their families and going across the pond, if you will. And I've had the opportunity uh, to co-host this first hour many times with Miriam L. Wallach, who sends her best regards, of course, to everybody. And uh, we have pointed out just how much of a sacrifice people make in order to make this dream come true. There are 31 families aboard. There are 99 children on this flight. 
There are 48 singles. There are seven people who consider themselves retirees. The oldest allowed on this flight, 75 years old. The youngest is two months old. <laughs> they'll make fun of that. They'll make fun of that kid in Israel eventually. That. Uh, that uh, they were born in the United States, <laughs> that they're not a, that they're not full-fledged Israeli. Uh, there are eight physicians on the flight and 19 people who go into the category of medical professionals, and there are 40 future lone soldiers and uh, two future lone benotcherut. 42 who are going to be serving the nation, the Jewish people, and the state of Israel in this incredible and unique forum uh, that is the IDF. And, uh, and civil service, which is pretty amazing. Uh, 72 of, those, of these Olim are going into the go-beyond areas of Israel, which is pretty remarkable. And, and they're going to so many different parts. I mean, you name, the, uh, you name the area of Israel in terms of geography, north to south, east to west, and there are people uh, representing all those areas in terms of where they're going. Where are they coming from? Well, listen to this list. The Olim on this flight... Uh, are, which is charter flight number 63, by the way, charter flight number 63. The Olim on this flight are coming from Arizona, California, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Illinois, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Nevada, Ohio, Ontario, Pennsylvania, Texas, Vermont, and Washington. Yeah, if you think that uh, people who care about Israel only live in certain parts of the United States or certain major cities, that is not the case. So there are people growing up in amazing Zionist families and an incredible environment uh, dedicated to Israel and the future of the Jewish people. And we get to meet some of them today. So here we are. It's Nefesh Benefesh on the 63rd Charter Aliyah flight after not having been on a charter flight because there was no charter flight for the last couple of years. So it's been three years since we are here. It's officially El Al number 3004. That's the flight number on this August the 16th, landing the 17th in Israel. And you're listening to this broadcast on the 17th. You're listening to this broadcast. Thank you. You're listening to this broadcast on the um, uh, 17th Wednesday uh, here at JM in the AM. And a big thank you to the entire staff of uh, JM in the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network for all the help in putting this together. Uh, so there you have it. Those are some of the stats. Um, we've told you where people are going. We told you where people are from. There's 225 Olim on the 63rd Charter Aliyah flight. And uh, we are going to be meeting some of them coming up if you keep it right here at JM in the AM. We are literally in the air. As hard as that is to believe, we are literally in the air on an El Al flight, a charter flight for the first time in three years with Nefesh Benefesh. A big thank you to Josh Fass, Rabbi Yoshua Fass. A big thank you to Tony Gilbart co-founders of Nefesh Benefesh for making this possible and of course the IL Katzman and everybody. There's an amazing staff, many of whom we're working with during this flight in order to bring you these interviews and to continue to uh, make it happen here aboard this El Al plane. So a big thank you to everybody who's making this such an amazing journey so far and I hope that this inspires people who are listening to do what everybody on this plane is doing. Well, most, most of the people on this plane, at least. And that is heading to Israel and making Aliyah um, uh, to live in the land of Israel and the state of Israel for them and for their future generations. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. And uh, we've got plenty happening here on a Wednesday morning broadcast, to say the least, uh, including some music that we're going to incorporate into our show today. So we'll do that for you and, of course, plenty more as we continue to thank you for tuning in and being part of this incredible experience. And I repeat, there are people out there who told me they would dafka be tuning in today 
because it's one of those shows that just uh, inspires them that they love to tune into. And who can blame them? In Israel, it's Sam Glazer. More guests and plenty happening here on the flight coming up. We are in the air with El Al, Nefesh Benefesh, and hundreds of old in. And you're listening to a Wednesday morning broadcast of JM in the AM. Open my lips to sing your praise, my heart to feel the joy. Let me have the gift for which I'm yearning. Desert flowers blooming in the spring, the grapes upon the vine. Let me walk the beaches in the moonlight. Let me fall in love in Israel. Wherever you go. Shares from our souls A time to mend A time to gather stones A time for peace In Israel Let me hear the voice of bride and groom Of laughter in the streets Answer the prayer of our children so they need not fear in Israel
J.M. in the A.M. in Israel is, of course, Sam Glazer, and we're on the flight. We're literally in the air as we broadcast from El Al flight, uh, charter flight, taking our uh, 225 Olim with Nefesh Benefesh to the Holy Land. Pretty amazing, huh? I would say so. Uh, J.M. in the A.M., good morning, everybody, and thanks for joining us. A special shout-out to everybody out there who's considering Aliyah and thinking about this uh, process. It's nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il. That is how you uh, access information regarding uh, Aliyah, regarding the work of Nefesh Benefesh, and the uh, incredible feeling that uh, the people on this plane are having, transplanting themselves in the way they are to live in the Holy Land. You could have that same feeling, nbn.org.il or 8664-Aliyah, 866-4, and then A-L-I-Y-A-H. This song from Yaakov Shweki comes to mind, Libi B'Mizrach. We're going to be meeting some of our special guests coming up, Olim, who are uh, going to be living in Israel. Uh, in fact, we've got our first guest right here. How do you like that? A special shout-out to our Nefesh Benefesh staff for, for learning how to produce a radio show very, very quickly. Bavakasha, please. This is a lot, I assume. Elad? I apologize if I mispronounced that. Um, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Elad and Avigail Danino are making Aliyah with six children. They are from Brooklyn, New York. They are moving to Ramat Beit Shemesh. Uh, shalom, shalom. Thank shalom. You. Thank you so much for being here with us. My pleasure. Uh, when did, and, I, and I noticed something which I should mention to the listeners right off the bat, because I'm sure some people are thinking about this. You both, you and your wife, will be working remotely from Israel. Correct. In, in jobs, obviously, that emanate from the U.S., right? Correct. So we got to get to that and talk about that. When did this whole dream begin? When was it obvious to you and the eight people in your family that you'd be on this LL plane? I mean, when, when I was dating my wife, I told her it's, it's always going to be an option. And uh, I asked her if she's on the, you know, if she's with me on it. And she said, yeah, well, we made, you know, took time, but... Uh, good things need to cook. So your children range in age from what to what? Um, Eleven to one. How are they handling this experience? They're very excited. Um, we have a lot of family there. Not my immediate family, but I do have a lot of cousins and grandparents, and uh, I think that's going to help a lot also. And moving to Ramat Beit Shemesh, obviously you've checked out the area, know exactly how things will operate over there. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a very um, good soft landing. I think it's uh, there's a lot of options for schools, and there's a lot of like you know like-minded families that will feel right at home, and uh, I'll take it from there. How would you describe this process? You met the people from Nefesh Benefesh. You could tell us how long ago that was, and when it all began for you with them. How long uh, ago was it? Um, just about. A, maybe 10 months ago. And how has it been? What, what so I'll tell you the truth. Um, the second my wife decided she, that she agrees, um, she took full you know, force. She just uh, took care of all the paperwork and all the, the whole process. 
she just told me make sure your your business is fine and and I'm in. And that you're at the airport. <laughs> yeah, and that, I just can't, I got her today. And then <laughs> well, that worked out well. Yeah. I was speaking to a lot Danino, who's here from Brooklyn, New York, um, and uh, he and his wife and six children are on this flight making Aliyah. Pretty amazing. All right, now, it, it was described to me that you're in the real estate industry and that your wife works for a flooring company and that all of this will continue when you're in Israel. I, explain in as much detail as you can how that's going to work. Do you have to travel back and forth a lot? Are you set up there in an office environment? How does it work? Yeah, so I'm, in the, um, I'm a real estate developer, and um, so we manage uh, units that we build and uh, and um, I have a setup in New York, in Brooklyn, where, you know, so I, um, I'll be checking in with them. I have my managers, I have my, uh, you know, I will have an operation. And um, it's going to be a lot of remote. I tr I'm going to hopefully not be have to travel s too often. Right. Because that... If uh, you could keep it to a minimum of... Yeah, uh, once or twice a year, that'll be good. Or no, 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 no. I'm looking at more of um, once, once a month? every two to three months. Two to three months. Okay. I think that's more doable, and I think my wife could, you know, could be okay with that. She could adjust to that. Yeah. Look, I mean, if she's uh, making this sacrifice to go and move the family to Israel, she's ready, I'm sure, to make other sacrifices as well. Right. And in her job, is she able to remain in Israel basically exclusively while she works? Yeah, that was the. Uh, she actually gave up her job, um, and then her boss called her back uh, two, three weeks later. <laughs> and he told her, I don't want to lose you. I would rather have you in Israel working Israeli hours. Um, and, and she'll be running as purchasing, you know, Italy, China. So I guess it worked out a little bit. Wow. Well for him. And, Multiple uh, time zones to continue, yeah. to, to consider rather. It's interesting because a lot of our staff, most of my staff is now in Israel. And what I always like to tell people is when I wake up in the morning, everything that needs to be done is done. Yeah. And, and I guess that her boss will feel the same way, that exactly. so much stuff that's being done overnight for him is being taken care of by your wife in, in Ramat Beit Shemesh. Exactly, exactly. Um, and that's what she's going to be doing, actually. She's going to be preparing the... The, the showroom and the deliveries and, you know, the whole, uh, right. you know, they'll wake up in the morning and they'll have a whole schedule. Elad Danino is here. He and his family are on this flight. Um, how much investigation or, or, uh, or, or research did you have to do about schools in Israel for your kids? I mean, you have, you have a lot of school-aged children. Uh, obviously, that's an adjustment. I don't know where they were in school in the U.S., but obviously, that's an adjustment. How was that whole process like? Um, it was pretty good. I was actually very surprised uh, specifically with Ramat Pichemesh because there are nice, diverse options. There's a bunch of options that you could choose from. And um, they probably have this, you know, they're very similar, as similar as you can get to America. Right. Well, and that's good. Yeah, and it was, um, it was pretty good. It was pretty smooth, I'm not going to lie. Right. Was it a tough uh, breakup at the airport? Were there friends and it family? That it was uh, very difficult. It was very, very difficult. But... Uh, but uh, at the same time, it's, uh, it's just as exciting to fulfill this dream and just uh, we're, we're so happy. It's, Do it's parents and family members who you left behind feel the same way? <laughs> My father told me he's jealous. Wow. That's nice. He's sad, but he's jealous. Wow. Amazing. Uh, how about an inspiring word to wrap up this conversation? Uh, what, what do you think it's going to be like when this plane lands and your family disembarks? Well, well uh, I'm sure that's going to be, you know, tiring and <laughs> exciting but um, I just want to say that uh, to wrap this up sure. I think um, seeing everybody on this flight it's, it's so inspiring it's, it's, when I was walking when we were leaving JFK I looked at everybody and it, I just felt, I felt like a mini Yitziat Mitzrayim I felt like we're just we're leaving leaving the Mitzrayim of today <laughs> yeah yeah, and, and I felt like 
for 2,000 years it was so hard to get to Israel, and now it's hard because it's so complicated. It's hard. It's, it's hard for different reasons, and the people that are doing this are just giving each other inspiration. And uh, you know, I wish. Everybody, uh, the first thing is to yearn it and then pray for it, and then one day it will happen. All right, and make that call or go to the web and uh, start for the sure. application process. For sure. A lot of pleasure to meet you. Pleasure, Mike. Thank you so Thank much you for joining much. us. It's a JM and the AM broadcast here on a uh, Wednesday morning, because that's when you'll hear this broadcast on Wednesday, and we're meeting some of the great heroes of Israel, some of the uh, wonderful Olim that are part of this uh, incredible incredible process. I want to thank the Alal staff who are working around our schedule. Thank you very much. <laughs> as um, as we continue here on a uh, boy, you guys are really efficient. Thank you. Excellent. You're trying and you're doing an amazing job. We have another amazing guest to meet uh, here on a Wednesday morning broadcast at JM. And Becca Eisenberg is here from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Right across the water from Philly, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, hi. <laughs> and she is from Cherry Hill. She's moving to Staliao, and they have uh, uh, an amazing notes about you uh, on this briefing that I've been given, especially the fact that you fell in love with Israel when you were there for your gap year. Where did you spend your gap year? Yeah, I was on Nativ in um, 2020, 2021, and nice. I was in Jerusalem and Tiberia. And, and that experience just completely overtook you. Oh yeah, it was amazing. And I also, I loved being able to move halfway through the year to be able to get kind of like the city life and then also like really be in like Tiberian culture too after Oh, that's interesting. So more at the beginning like a tourist and afterwards feeling more like a resident, right? Yeah, for sure. In that way. Everyone speaks English in Jerusalem. Right. So it's definitely, definitely a transition. So uh, you, you leave Israel, you go to Colombia. Yeah. And at some point you say to yourself, what? How do you end up at this place? I just, I just had to be back. I mean, I had a great time in New York City. I loved Colombia, but I was sitting there in my classroom wishing I was in Israel every second of the day. So wow. I had to make it happen. And some people might argue, especially those in the older generation, get your degree. <laughs> and, you know, For I, sure. I, I have a feeling you've heard some of these conversations. <laughs> I definitely have, but there's no better moment than now. So I'm just doing it. Well, not everybody realizes that. It's amazing that you're able to, to internalize that and really carry it through. Now it says here that you you hope to be a Dovera Tzahal, something that we certainly can relate to, yeah. uh, be in the communications unit or in the foreign diplomacy unit in Israel. Now is this something that, that I mean I, I know that they need English speakers obviously, so there are certain qualifications you have right away, but is it tough to get into this coming from the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, I think both of those units are, are hard units to get into, but um, I was studying poli-sci at school, and it was just something like something that I'm really interested in, and I think it's really helpful for Israel to have people from different countries and English speakers kind of like in the mix for those jobs, too. Well, there's no question about that, and I think that, uh, you know, a knowledge of history and a knowledge of yes. political history especially, all those things are so vital, are so important to get a job like that. And um, I wonder if the people at Nefesh Benefesh will help you with some of those entrees. I hope so, yeah. Garin Sabar has been great, too, with just right. sort of like giving me people to talk to. Right. We, we hear amazing things about that, no question about it. And you have a lot of uh, colleagues on this flight. Yes. Who are <laughs> in some way going to be joining the IDF or civil service or things similar to what you're doing. Uh, it must be a good feeling to actually be flying with a group like that as opposed to just going yourself. Oh, yeah. It's super fun. There's 40 of us sitting in the same area right now. And it's <laughs> nice to see where everyone's going, which kibbutz, what they're doing, things like that. How soon does all this start for them? Like, 
they, they could actually be members of the IDF. How quickly after they get to Israel? Right, so it's probably going to be after the Chagim because we have like, Garin Zavar does an absorption period. So I'm moving to my kibbutz next week. I have a few months of Ulpan classes oh, and then we draft. Yeah, Steliyahu. Right. Exactly. Pretty, pretty well-known kibbutz. Yeah. And, uh, and what about family? How have they reacted to all of this? My family's been really great. I don't have any family in Israel, so someone had to start. Um, but they've been <laughs> very supportive and excited to visit and all that. Um, so today at the airport, was it a heartbreaking scene? How would you describe it? I think we were all really happy. Also crying, but also super happy. <laughs> amazing, I'll tell you. You must come from some amazing parents. Yes, <laughs> I uh, love my family. <laughs> I can only imagine if you've, if you've got this incredibly... Uh, incredible yearning for the Holy Land and you're ready to, uh, to make this move. Um, I, in your mind, and I say this only because of the stoppage at Columbia, in your mind, this is it, right? You're not heading back. This is, this, this is your permanent move. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, my, my degree's on pause, so I'm going to go back and finish school somewhere, but I'm really going to be Maybe they'll in let Israel. you zoom in from Israel. Who knows? There's <laughs> I a, should. There's a precedent for that, you know. <laughs> I should check that out. <laughs> I would assume some of your school uh, some of your schooling was done via Zoom over the last couple of years. Yes, yeah, for sure. Uh, but hopefully you'll be able to, uh, yeah, get your degree and move on and just to serve as, a, as one of the most important, uh, in one of the most important functions that you could serve, and that's to somebody who represents the state of Israel around the world especially to the English-speaking public as best yeah. as possible. It is a tough battle out there. <laughs> I believe There's it. There's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, but not, I'm not even referring to the anti-Semitism and things like that. I'm just talking about Israel's place in the world, the way they're viewed by the United Nations, the way they're criticized on a constant basis. There's a lot of work to be done. Yes, yeah. I so, definitely agree. Good luck to you. Thank you. And yeah. I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much for having enjoy me. Enjoy Israel. May we meet in the Holy Land one of these days. Yes, absolutely. And enjoy the rest of your flight. I appreciate that. <laughs> Becca Eisenberg is from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. She's heading to Steyliau. And she fell in love with Israel during her gap year, as so many have. We've met people like this many, many times over the years. Thank you, Becca. Thank you so much. And you enjoy your flight. And um, the Nefesh Benefesh staff is amazing. They continue to provide great guests for us here on this uh, Wednesday morning broadcast. And I want to thank them. Um, there are 225 Olim on this flight. I can't, uh, I, I can't top the inspiring words of our guests. That would be impossible. More of those words coming up. I thank you for tuning in to a very special Wednesday edition of JMNAM with our friends at Nefesh Benefesh and escorting amazing Olim to the Holy Land. Yaakov Shweki, Libiba Mizrach, JMNAM.
JM in the AM Wednesday morning broadcast. My name is Nahum Siegel, and we're on a flight. We are actually on a plane. We're doing a radio show from a plane. How amazing is that? It's been three years since we've done it. It's amazing to be back. I thank her by Josh Fass and Tony Gelbart for this incredible opportunity. We're with 225 Olim on the 63rd Charter Aliyah flight of Nefesh Benefesh. We remember the very first one 20 years ago, and it's incredible to be here as 75,000 North Americans have now moved with Nefesh Benefesh to the Holy Land. And Mark Roth is one of them. He and his wife and uh, two children are on this flight, and uh, they're making Aliyah from North Miami Beach, Florida, uh, and they're moving to Jerusalem. Mark Roth, welcome to JM in the AM. Thanks. Thank you for having me. A pleasure to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so is there an air of excitement amongst the Roth family at the moment? You have no idea. The excitement is just palpable between us and the kids. A lot of nervousness, a lot of tears, but a lot of excitement involved. Yeah, what was the airport scene like? Was it, uh, was it mixed emotions? It's very mixed emotions. I mean, seeing our family come to say goodbye to us, very emotional, saying goodbye to everybody, very cheerful. But once you like look at the crowd and everybody was making all the out with us, like, it all goes, like, it's... We're doing something special. It's a good part group, of it. A good group to be part it's of. Unbelievable. Huh? <laughs> um, uh, so you're moving to Jerusalem. Yeah, we got what, really lucky. What area of Jerusalem? We're going to be in Katamon. Very nice. Boy, oh boy, that's wonderful. Did anybody from Florida come up to see you off, or those those goodbyes were taken care of back there? We had a very special Sudash Lishit and made that happen. So you've had Florida. two send-offs, yeah. actually. <laughs> uh, there is a daughter of yours whose name is, who is already a lone soldier in Israel. Her Abigail. name is? That's Abigail. And when did that experience start? How long has she been a lone um, soldier? She's been a lone soldier for about six months already. What is it like? What does she tell you? Uh, so she's all over this. She's excited. She loves what she does. She's a Meshaki um, Tash. Which means? Um, basically, she helps soldiers with their needs in the army. If they need right. money, issues, she's whatever the it is. She's person. the go-to person. Like a liaison. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, just like the first few months when she first was there and had to do like basic training, I was a little nervous for her, but every day she'd call home and she was like smiling and happy and it was like, really, this was her thing. Unbelievable. Uh, your other daughter who's here, that's Hadassah, right? She's right there. She's on the <laughs> flight. She's actually, uh, she's actually documenting this conversation <laughs> yes, for posterity, for future generations. And she's going to be heading into national service. What's her uh, intention in uh, Israel? So she's going to be working in Hadassah in Karim Hospital, oh, wow. helping uh, patients um, feel better. <laughs> so where'd you go right? I, it's my wife. It's all my wife. She gets all it's the all credit. It's all Nicola. She's my wife. She, it's really her. It's pretty amazing, I'll tell you. And it must be heartwarming to have raised children like this and to be part of this experience with them. Yes, absolutely. Uh, what would you say to people who are thinking about this process? How long did this entire process take for you? Uh, this has been, I want to say, about a six-month process, really. Somewhere back in maybe January time. Seems pretty before. short. It was really short, really quick. A lot of paperwork, but, you know, you get it done and get everybody on board and think magic happens. And your first thoughts yeah. with you and your wife about actually moving to Israel, were those uh, also six months ago <laughs> or much earlier? Uh, my, so we actually thought about it before we moved to Florida. We thought Florida would be like a way station for a while. We stayed a little too long in Florida, but now this is a dream come true. Yeah, well, what can I tell you? Florida is the place to be, right? They're really in competition with Israel down there. <laughs> exactly. <let me> tell <laughs> so it's paperwork six months, and here you are on this flight, and you're with a lot of people who are uh, proudly going to be residents of the state of Israel in just a few hours. Um, uh, what do you anticipate uh, in, your, in, the t in the airport? What do you think that's going to be like when this plane lands and you realize that this entire dream has become real? Uh, this is... I, I'm yeah, I don't know. Totally. First of all, I think I'm going to be totally exhausted. But <laughs> once, we get, once we get past that, I think just that that's it. The excitement takes over. We're here. We're in Israel, the land of our forefathers, the land of everybody who should. We should all move here. Everybody should come. 
I think that's what it's really about. Are you Just in a line come. of work where you're going to have to do a lot of traveling back and forth, or you're so, staying uh, in Jerusalem? You know, in Dinushalayim, I'm a Rebbe by trade. Hmm. I've been teaching elementary school, Limude Kodesh, for, I don't know, 20-odd years already. That's wonderful. And uh, hopefully that will continue when we get there. Very so, nice. Has that been set up already? That's not yet. Working on it. It's a process. Very nice. Boy, yeah. oh boy. I'll tell you, they know a, lot of, a lot of good educators in every yeah. Jewish community around the world, including Jerusalem. Uh, Mark Roth from yeah. North Miami Beach, Florida, is uh, on a flight with his family. The same one we're on, on this LL plane that's heading to Israel and is going to be bringing 225 Olim uh, on, uh, on Wednesday. Uh, uh, we will already have landed by the time you're listening to this here at JMNAM. Any final words, Mr. Roth? I, I really just want to give a big shout out to Nefesh Benefesh. They've been so helpful, so amazing to us, and really make things happen for us. And thank you, Nakam Siegel, for having me on the air with you. What a pleasure to meet you. A pleasure to meet you, too. Kolek Avod, and Mazal Tov to you and your family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he even knows how to cheer in response to the Mazal Tov. I love it. <laughs> Great job. Uh, more coming up. You're listening to our Nefesh Benefesh 63rd Charter Aliyah flight. I'm not kidding, folks. 63 Charter Aliyah flights. We've had the pleasure of being on many of them. Uh, the one today includes 31 families, has 99 children aboard. How do you like that? Uh, a lot of singles, a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of lone soldiers who are literally going to be heading into the Army uh, when they get off this plane, or at least, you know, in, in, in reality soon after. Uh, it's really incredible and really amazing, and everybody out there in this audience has an opportunity to explore uh, the possibility of uh, being in Ole as well. All you have to do is go to nbn.org.il. Again, that's nbn. .org.il. More coming up. It's JM in the AM with R.E.A. Kunstler. And thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hour number one complete at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, NahumSiegel.com, and the NahumSiegel Network, and of course, any beloved NSN app.
J.M. in the A.M. That's R.E.A. Kunstler of Yerushalayim here on a Wednesday morning broadcast. We're on the Nevesh Benefesh flight with 225 volume. I jumped the gun on the ID before. Still in the midst of hour number one of this great radio broadcast going until 9 o'clock. And I thank all of you for tuning in. It's a Wednesday. I'll see Zweig's uh, Wednesday live lunch coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Make sure to be tuned in. Uh, a lot of special people, a lot of special couples on this flight, including Alvin Reinstein and Erna Lauber. And Erna is with me here in our uh, temporary studio in row number seven of this El Al flight. Erna Lauber, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you. <laughs> nice to have you here. Uh, you are making Aliyah with your husband from Teaneck, New Jersey. You're moving to Efrat. What made you and he decide to move to Israel? You know, these type of things you talk about for years, <laughs> and that expression that I'm living a dream now, well, I'm living a dream. <laughs> Just took a while to get to that dream, huh? I can't believe it myself. Why have you chosen Efrat? My daughter lives there. Oh, wow, that's wonderful. <laughs> so you get to permanently reunite with her. <laughs> yeah. I've been, uh, I've been going back and forth. And you're, yeah, I understand that. You're among the retirees uh, here on the flight. And uh, your parents are, are Holocaust survivors from Poland. And so is my husband's. And your husband's parents, Holocaust survivors. And uh, I, I assume that that's part of the impetus for one of the unique things about your Aliyah. You actually have on this flight a Sefer Torah that you are bringing to Israel that was written in Poland during the era of the Holocaust. Tell me what you know uh, about this whole experience. Why was it important for you and your husband to go about doing your Aliyah flight in this manner? You, you know, when I was pushing the a carriage with the Torah inside, people came over to me, are you bringing that to Israel with you? So I said, yes. And that dawned on me, that Torah was bringing me. I was not bringing the Torah. That Torah is dedicated in memory of my parents and my husband's parents. And um, it was their strength, their survival, their love of Judaism, their love of Israel, the desire for us to be strong Jews. And their name is on this, my, my son at one time, well, just about five years ago, he's, he was a rabbi in Brooklyn, in the shul, 
and he heard about the Sefer Torah that was written in Poland near my parents' home. And it didn't survive the Holocaust, it came to America. And he bought it. He bought it and, and did a whole honor, she, my husband and myself. Right. And, and they, uh, before we left, he decided to give it to us that we should feel that we're bringing our parents and we're coming as Jews strong with in generations of his grandparents, both set of grandparents, and those who perished in the Holocaust. And what, what can I say, but I'm Yisrael Chai, you know? I, we're here, we're coming. Am Yisrael Chai is right. I'm coming to my children. Um, I have a nephew here and his family and two nieces here and other relatives and I'm coming home. You are literally going home. My son better join me. And I, and I love... And his wife and kids. Does he know that? Yes. <laughs> and I love how you describe how previous generations literally are pushing you forward to the Holy Land with, with whatever uh, the previous generations had to go through. Uh, in the depths of existence sometimes in order to make this dream happen generations later is simply remarkable and what a perspective that is for you to have and yes uh, you are not bringing the Torah to Israel the Torah is bringing you to Israel what an incredible insight uh, that is um, so as retirees you're going to have some time to spend with family in Israel thank yeah, God my daughter is making plenty plans <laughs> oh, really? what, what does she have on the agenda for and you of course, uh, she has a wedding tomorrow night and we're babysitting oh that's hilarious <laughs> yeah, I think so too <laughs> she's taking full advantage of this <laughs> How did, I mean, it sounds like it was years that you were thinking about this, but what about the process with Nefesh Benefesh? What would you say to other retirees, many of whom listen to this show? What would you say to them about going about this and whether it's easy, difficult, what it's like? Well, all I have to say is that when you put your house up for sale, that's it. <laughs> that's the final statement, huh? That's the final statement. It, no has to be the back. Right, it has to be the right time for everybody, and this was really the right time for us. And the process in terms of the... the Nefesh Nefesh is unbelievable. It just moves you along, and, and before you know it, you're on a flight, just like me. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Well, I usually ask guests for an inspiring word before the end of the conversation, but I think you've given us plenty to think about with this one, uh, because the past, present, and future of the Jewish people are actually on this flight. That's true. And it is remarkable to have that perspective and to think about it that way, and I hope other people internalize that. Uh, we're not just broadcasting from a plane, and we're not just doing statistics of 75,000 Olin. We're talking about you know, multitudes of generations of Jewish history that went into creating what we're experiencing here today. And it's great to know that you and uh, so many others here understand that and appreciate it. Is your husband having a relaxing flight so far? Is he okay back there? <laughs> yeah. So far, so good? <laughs> he, only one time he thought he lost his passport and he went crazy looking for it. I had it in my pocketbook. But otherwise, so good. <laughs> Another great story for the grandchildren. <laughs> I love it. Erna Lauber, Mazal Tov to you on the Aliyah. Thank you. And uh, a mazal tov and bringing the Sefer Torah, which I'm assuming is going to be in Efrat, right? The, oh, the, the Torah so. will be housed yeah. in Efrat. Yeah. And uh, thank you for giving us this perspective. Uh, the past, present, and future are all together with us on this flight, and we appreciate you pointing that out. Kala kavod. Thank you very much. A pleasure. Thank you. Uh, Ernal Alber, she and her husband Alvin Reinstein are making Aliyah on this flight. It's pretty amazing, everybody. Pretty amazing. JM and the AM uh, wrapping up. Now I can honestly say that we're wrapping up hour number one of this broadcast. And we have plenty more coming up. Of course, Rabbi Fast and Tony Gilbart are going to be joining us. And, of course, we have a, uh, 
uh, an incredible uh, array of guests between now and 9 a.m. who will inspire you the same way all of our guests so far have been inspiring you uh, with words about how, uh, how incredible this process is, how they wish they would have done it earlier, and how blessed they feel to be part of this experience on this flight to Israel. More coming up on this Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM. California I'm gonna round up every truth I've ever known I'm gonna sit down right down there in front of me I'm gonna take out this guitar and sing them all the song God is alive and well in Jerusalem yeah a people praying through Times a day to him. Throw away the cars and bones, the stocks and bones, and up catalogs. Grab a boat, a plane, if need be, swim. You see, that some folks got a Lincoln Continental. We tinted glass so nobody sees it. Just one time a light roll down the window Say you ain't gonna fool the Lord with this hunk of tin. Microphone on your left, 
JM in the AM, God is Alive and Well in Jerusalem. What a song, huh? <laughs> One of the classics that we love to play when we're talking about Israel. And, of course, we're talking a lot about Israel on this flight. We're on the El Al flight number 3004, and this is the 63rd Aliyah flight for Nefesh Benefesh, the 63rd charter flight of the last 20 years with 225 Olim aboard. And one of those Olim is Erica Weintraub. Erica Weintraub is seated in our makeshift studio here in row number seven on the LL flight. Erica is from Woodmere, New York, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And that's a pleasure to welcome you here to JM in the AM. You're moving to Stalio. That's a kibbutz, right? Yeah, I'm moving up north. Your gap year in Israel is when, according to the notes that I was handed, is when you fell in love with Israel. Where were you during your gap year? Well, it originally started when I was much younger, but being on the gap year, I knew like right away, I was like, I'm Israeli, this is where I'm meant to be. <laughs> Do you mind, just for the benefit of the audience, telling us how old you are? I'm 18. And I'm asking you that because uh, so many people would be amazed to know that an 18-year-old in our community thinks that way, which is really incredible, <laughs> that you knew as a youngster, and that's where you belong, you belong in the Holy Land. That's pretty incredible. You are one of the people on this flight, and there are tens of them who will be joining the IDF through Garin Sabar. It says here you hope to be in a 669 new co-ed unit that's uh, just been formed, I assume? Yeah, so originally it was only for men. Right. And then about a month ago, I was doing a, I mean, months ago, I was doing a, a training program in Gan Sacher in Jerusalem. And my, like, Madrich had sent me it, and he was like, this is for you. This is something you should look into. Pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised that he even messaged me about it. What do your parents think about all this? They're the most supportive. I've People always ask me, and they're confused when I say, or I'm confused when other people <laughs> say to me, Wait, what, are your parents, they're supportive? And I'm like, yes, they, they help me fill out the paperwork. They, they want me to do what I want to do. They're aboard with the whole process, huh? Pretty amazing, I'll tell you. Uh, did they worry they may not see you as often, or...? That discussion hasn't come up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my parents, they always say, I'm proud. Like, I'm sad that I'm not going to see you, but I'm proud of you. And hopefully they'll come visit. And my sisters want to come as well. Like, they want to make Aliyah as well. So I think my family's going to join soon. Look, the bottom line is, for those who uh, wonder what good parenting is all about, once you've, once you've trained your kids and given them the values they need, let them go and experience life. And I, it sounds like that's exactly what you're going through. I bet you a lot of your colleagues in high school and afterwards did not experience life in that way. But it must be amazing that parents who... Who, who thought ahead like that for you. I have so many friends who say to me, I really want to make Aliyah, I want to do it, I want to, I want to do it like you're doing it. And I always say to them, why not? Why can't you do it? Oh, my mom doesn't want me to. Oh, my dad, he just, he couldn't. My grandma's in America. But that's what your dream is. Your parents want you to be happy. Not to mention, they sent you to Zionist camps, Zionist schools. Well, they wanted them to be Zionists, but not that Zionist. <laughs> 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 but you're right. There's no question that parents in some areas get it right, uh, but sometimes they just have to let go. And I think it's a really important, one of the important messages that we're transmitting today. What was this process like for you? Because once you make this decision that you're making Aliyah, so you have to start, I assume, with paperwork. And then the Army, I assume, is additional, I don't want to say trouble, but additional things you need to consider, right? Yeah. I mean, so I'm a religious Jew. Right. And it was interesting because it came, everything came at the perfect timing. <laughs> and it, it was one of those things, like I really, I would get nervous because I'd be like, oh, but it's coming so soon. And then all of a sudden I would get my visa or all of a sudden I would meet that perfect person who I had to, so at least for Garin Sabar, for the army, right. I wasn't going to do Garin Sabar. I was going to do Mahal, which is a different program. Right. But Garin Sabar, you need to, you need to make Aliyah. 
And when I went and I met this lady, it was a week before applications were closing for the specific garin that I'm in. And she said to me, you're perfect for it. You need to come and meet them. Just come. Just come and meet them. So I went for the Shabbos. I was like, all right, whatever, I'll come. And I met them, and she was right. Like, it was. It was exactly, like, they feel like a family. Some of my closest friends, like, are sitting next to me on the plane. And it's amazing to, like, that that happened only a week before. And then the Aliyah had to start right afterwards. So everything was, like, fast-paced. I thought it wasn't going to work. And then all of a sudden, I was, like, sitting in camp. I was a Madrichat Mosheva. Oh, that's great. Shout out to Mishra. <laughs> yeah, they deserve it. They have a lot of old in my bed. <laughs> exactly. So I'm sitting there and, and I got my email like right, like I was calling the Jewish agency all week. My campers, they were all in on it. They, they were so excited for me. And then when I got my email, I freaked out and all my campers were freaking out with me. And it was like, it was a moment, even though it was, it was like seven in the morning and we were supposed to be cleaning our bunk. <laughs> Is the director of Cab Mosheva aware of this? She was helping me out with a lot of the the ins and outs. I'm not I'm gonna sure lie, they, it was sure a struggle. Take, but they would take great pride in it. I bet they do. They always take great great pride in every individual that goes to Mosheva and then decides to make Aliyah. It's a really big deal. It really is something special. Erica Weintraub is here from Woodmere, going to stay Aliyah and joining Garin Sabar. It says here that after the army, you want to pursue medical studies. Does that mean standard medical school? What do you have in mind? So I'm not sure exactly yet. I really love chemistry, and I did. Ma- like I volunteered for Madan, my gap year program, and when I walked into um, Ein Kerem, not Ein Kerem, Hart Sofim, right. um, I was like, this is, this is it, like, this like is where I want to be. <laughs> and it wasn't, like, I, I loved the being with the patients in the back of the ambulance, but I much preferred being able to see them through the hospital, and wow. like, I, I would rather know what happens with them. And that's what doctors do. They get to watch the whole process. Nice perspective, I must say. Uh, Well, an inspiring word. I usually ask our guests on flights like this for one, but you've given us so many already. (laughs) But there are, especially because of uh, of the people in this audience, there are a lot of parents and grandparents who are uh, taking a role in advising their children about things like their future. What would you say to them about about, uh, letting go and letting some of their 18-year-olds fly off on a flight like this to Israel? I'd say trust trust your gut and trust where you feel safe and at home. If you feel at home in another country, that doesn't mean that you're not with your family. It just right. means that physically, distance-wise, you're far, but you'll always be with them. Wow. You will. You'll always be connected to them. You always will be. It's Even if amazing. you move to Israel. <laughs> What's your timetable? You're going to actually start the program. Is it after the Chagim? Or like in, no, in a week. A week from now. A week from now, I start the program. And that means what? Do you know what the initial stage is like? They love surprises, like Israelis always yeah. do. But um, so at least for the first month, I know that there is a week of Gadna, which is like a army week. Right. Lots of working out, and mm-hmm. then I have my testing day, my Tzavrishon, in the middle of September. I'm not sure when. Um, and then the Chagim. You don't seem nervous about any of this. Well, I'm more excited than nervous right, right. now. I, I think when I get on the bus um, in a week from now, up to the keyboards, I'll be like shaking in my boots. But um, but you're ready. Right now, I'm excited. I just I want to get there. Amazing. So glad to have met you. You're a real inspiration, I must tell you. Erica Weintraub, everybody. Hatzlacha uh, and Mazal Tov to you. Tada.
Unbelievable. More coming up. You're listening to a Wednesday morning edition of JMDA. We are actually broadcasting. Thank you. We're actually broadcasting from a plane like we've done before, but we haven't done it for three years, and it's amazing to be back in this environment, surrounded by Olim and surrounded by people who care about the future of the Jewish people in a way that they're ready to demonstrate it and demonstrate it in a very strong and amazing fashion. And that has to be recognized. Uh, I'll, I'll continue, as I do every single time we do this show, to remind everybody that there are two primary methods of getting in touch with our friends at Nefesh Benefesh, nbn.org.il. Again, that's nbn.org.il. And, of course, 8664-ALIYAH, 866-4, and then A-L-I-Y-A-H. And uh, after three years of not being on this flight, and this flight not even existing for the last three years... It is incredible to get back to this point. I am shocked that we have not, I don't think we've mentioned the word pandemic uh, or uh, unprecedented in the last, um, since we started the show today. I think we're getting past all of that and hopefully getting back to a, to a time when we can enjoy incredible experiences like this together. It is, in, it is wondrous, frankly. Uh, to be on a plane with, peop- with, with almost nobody wearing masks. Obviously, those who, who are concerned for a specific reason about their own health, they obviously make that choice, which I totally understand. Uh, but uh, we are here in a social environment and, uh, on, and, and being part or witness to a mission. We're not really part of it. I wish I was. But being witness to a mission of hundreds of people leaving North America and heading to the Holy Land. I remind you that there are a lot of uh, places represented on this plane from North America. Places like Arizona and California and Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Illinois, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Nevada, Ohio, Ontario, Pennsylvania, Texas, Vermont, Washington, all being represented by people who are making Aliyah. Families and singles and retirees and medical professionals and those who are going beyond the different areas of Israel, not not quote-unquote typical areas. And future lone soldiers and Benot Sherut, 42 of them, future lone soldiers of Benoche Root. 31 families, 99 children, the youngest two months old on this flight. How incredible is all of this? How's it going? And it is remarkable to see that people are uh, so motivated that the pandemic, the aforementioned pandemic, not only didn't slow down Aliyah, but if anything, caused so many to rethink where they could be living and where they should be living. And that is pretty remarkable. More coming up at JM in the AM. We'll go to this selection and then, of course, uh, speak to more of our special guests during this incredible program. Reminder, Yossi Zweig with a Wednesday live lunch coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern time. A, a big shout-out to our friends at A&H, Abel's and Hyman. It is grilling season, everybody, and that means that you have plenty of A&H hot dogs in your fridge and freezer. Make sure you have what you need to... Uh, to, to give a proper send-off to those who are moving to Israel. It's not just today, by the way. All through the summer, people are going in group flights and individually to Israel to Nefesh Benefesh. So whatever you need uh, in terms of uh, making a great goodbye celebration, you make sure to check out our friends at Abel's and Hyman at A&H. Go to kosherdogs.net, enjoy a 10% discount with promo code radio, and try A&H today. More coming up. You are listening to JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. with uh, Home Done by the Maccabees here on a Wednesday morning broadcast. I think we might be able to get a minute or two with you. Is that possible? Yeah, okay. So hopefully hopefully you'll come back a little later on. We, um, we are in the midst of a uh, little bit of turbulence. Appar- apparently they want you back in your seats. So we will, uh, I guess, reconvene hopefully a little later on. Uh, yeah, apparently. Apparently the turbulence and, it's, and the safety uh, situation is the most important. Uh, we're on the 63rd Charter Aliyah flight. You're listening to JM in the AM on this uh, Wednesday morning broadcast uh, with 225 Olim. A lot of special guests. We'll have uh, both Rabbi Fast and Tony Gelbart, please God, with us a little later on during our, uh, during our show before we get to 9 a.m. And um, in the meantime... In the meantime, we will head back to some music and regroup as the turbulence has started to play a role in our broadcast schedule here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Um, a shop band, of course, with uh, Comeback from the Aliyah Revolution album. Remember that album from years ago? Yishai Fleischer responsible for that album. We're on uh, El Al flight number uh, 3004. We are meeting some of the Olim who are with Nefesh Ben Nefesh on this incredible charter flight. First one in three years. Uh, Rabbi Fess, of course, uh, coming up later on as we uh, continue to explore the world of Aliyah 75,000 Olim later. Hard to believe that it's 20 years, 20 years uh, that the um, Nefesh Benefesh organization has been around and doing this incredibly holy work. I think what we're going to do is, uh, I think as we continue to go through a little bit of turbulence on this flight, I think what we're going to do is we're going to uh, go to Rabbi Goldwasser a drop early. Usually he's with us at 7.30. I think we'll go early to Rabbi Goldwasser and... Um, and see if things uh, even out a bit in terms of the smooth sailing here on this flight. And then hopefully we'll be able to incorporate more of our special guests into the program. Um, I think that's the right strategy. So we'll go to Rabbi Goldwasser and we will then, uh, um, uh, earlier than usual, and then we'll continue with the second hour of uh, JM and the AM from the Aliyah flight. I do want to remind everybody that uh, we have a... Uh, Live lunch with Yossi's Y coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Brand new with a lot of brand new music. Make sure to be tuned in. That'll be coming up right here at JM in the AM, or I should say on the Nahum Siegel Network later on today. And uh, things are, I think, stabilizing a bit here on the flight. So hopefully our guests will be able to join us in our in our makeshift studio coming up. Uh, let's go to Rabbi Goldwasser. His words, whose yard site is this coming Shabbos. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. It says in Shmos, Usually, in order for a people to become a nation, they have to dwell in the same land where they were born and raised. If they become uprooted from their land and have to move elsewhere, they can't always maintain their own nationality. B'nai Yisrael, however, became a nation before they reached Eretz Yisrael. We have always been a nation, no matter which land we have gone to. The Yalkut Chodesh explains that the same language is employed with reference to Eretz Yisrael, the Holy Land, as the expression that is used for the Torah. Torah Tzivolonu Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu commanded us the Torah, Moshe, it is an inheritance, Kehilas Yaakov, for the Kehila of Yaakov. Because the inheritance of Eretz Yisrael is not something that a person has an everlasting schus to. We have this privilege if we live a life according to Torah. Our claim to Eretz Yisrael depends on Klau Yisrael guarding our nationality through Shmir Samitzvus in Torah learning. The Michtam Elio says, The fact that we have a Yishuv in Eretz Yisrael today is a nace. It's a miracle. It is among the great chasodim that Hashem has bestowed upon His nation. We are able to come from one extreme, the point of Chorben Europa, the Holocaust, to the other extreme and reestablish the yeshivas in the great centers of Yiddishkeit in Eretz Yisrael. We have to remember, though, there is an Eretz Yisrael de Lamata and an Eretz Yisrael Shalmaila, one that is below and one that is above. They both must exist simultaneously. We say in davening, Dovar Tziva Le'elef Dor, it has been thousands of years since we have gone into Golos, into the exile. 
How does the Ava, the great love, remain in our heart? The Michtam Elio explains, it's because of the holiness of Eretz Yisrael. That Kedusha continues to draw us near, no matter how long the bitter Golos is. This is the Yerusha, the inheritance that we have from Avraham Avinu. He was Moshe Nefesh. He self-sacrificed for the Nisayan, the challenge of Lech Lecha. The Talmidim of the Belzarebi, Reb Shalom of Belz, had drawn water for the Maim Shalono, the special water which is used to bake matzahs. When they finished their task, they were leaving the water overnight to use the next day. They wished the Rebbe, L'shana haba b'Yerushalayim, next year in Yerushalayim. The Rebbe asked, why next year? We can take this water that we drew today and we can bake matzahs in Yerushalayim and eat them in the presence of Mashiach tomorrow. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Thank you very much, Rabbi Goldwasser. Morning chizuk. Usually it's seven thirty in the morning. This uh, time a drop earlier because we are in the midst of a little bit of a turbulent situation aboard the Al flight, and we felt it was a good idea to go to Rabbi Goldwasser and then come back. Well, some of the people that are on the flight, and, and if we don't have an opportunity to interview them, I understand because at the moment they are not. Uh, uh, we don't have access to them, but. Some of the people on the flight have uh, what would be for our audience, I would say, um, a bit of a, uh, a, a un- unusual, um, it's probably not the right word, but, but a background or bio that we're not used to. And in this case, Gabriel and Rita Groomer, who were sitting next to me just a few minutes ago, but are now back uh, into where they're flying, into the seats where they're flying. Uh, they're from Bristlecone Court, Delaware. That's what I mean when I say, you know, an address or a place we're not used to hearing about. Bristlecone Court, Delaware, which I never heard of until this flight. They are moving to Jerusalem. Uh, their son was a lone soldier in the IDF, now living with his wife and son in Israel. They're retired. They want to be closer to their son and their grandchild. And um, and that's just one of so many stories. What we don't, uh, what we don't consider sometimes is how many people are... Um, are making Aliyah from different places and with different backgrounds and different experiences. And we, of course, in the New York, New Jersey area, have our uh, impressions of what the uh, Aliyah process means, where people are living in New York and New Jersey and where they're going when it comes to Israel. And very often we uh, think in that, in that uh, uh, unidirectional manner. Uh, and uh, here on this flight, we get to meet people who are of such varied geographic backgrounds and um, have so many different stories, uh, including, of course, the IDF soldiers that we've been meeting already on this flight and so many others. So a big shout-out to Gabriel and Rita Groomer, who we might uh, speak to a little later on. They're from Bristlecone Court, Delaware, and they are moving to Jerusalem. Yet another uh, profile of Olim here at JM in the AM on a flight of 225 Olim, that's right, 225, heading now on the 63rd Charter Aliyah flight to Israel. By the time you hear this, of course, the flight will have landed and you will have uh, very, very likely have seen the live stream that Nefesh Benefesh provides for people to see what's going on at the airport in Israel. Uh, but here we get a, a chance to uh, speak in depth about Nefesh Benefesh and speak in depth to some of the Olim that are uh, going through this incredible experience and are enjoying uh, a day that they have dreamt about, and that is the day of making Aliyah to Israel. Pretty amazing, pretty incredible, and it's uh, wonderful to accompany them on this 
an incredible mission which has uh, so many components to it, so many amazing components. Really remarkable. Uh, let's do the Mishaberach for Tzahal that Yaakov Shweki is uh, well known for and hopefully will be able to uh, be joined and rejoined by uh, some more special guests on Aliyah Flight 2022. Charter flight for the first time in three years with Nefesh Ben Nefesh and JM in the AM. To the best soldiers in the world. That is the prayer for the soldiers of Israel, but we're going to interrupt the prayer for the soldiers of Israel because the groomers are back. They are back with us here on a JM of the AM Wednesday morning. We're actually broadcasting from the flight as uh, they make Aliyah with hundreds of others. Uh, Gabriel and Rita Groomer, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. I was telling our listeners a moment ago, you come from somewhere that we never heard of before, and that's Bristle Cone Court, Delaware. Tell us what's life like in <laughs> Bristle Cone Court. Well, it's Dover, it's Delaware. Delaware. Oh, it's a Dover, Delaware. Okay. Yes, this is the capital of Delaware. Got and it. It's a, it's a small city. Uh, most capital cities are small. Right. Delaware is the second smallest state in the Union, and we live in the country. It's two miles outside of the city, and it's totally country. How long have you been there? One year. Oh, where are you from before that? We were living in the Bronx for 30, <laughs> 36 years. 
And I'm, pa- I'm painting this picture as if you're there your entire life. No, That's we, pretty we, funny. No, we just no. moved in a year ago. And we li- it's great because it's literally country. It's re- we're surrounded by Amish farms. That was very it's cool. really nice. And if I'm not mistaken, the President of the United States is from your area. Yes, Wilmington. Yes, oh, Wilmington. He is. Yes, he is. Um, when did this process begin? When did you say to yourselves, we don't belong in Delaware, we belong in Israel? Well, um, two or three years ago, we were living in the Bronx, and our older son also lives in the Bronx uh, at a home. And our younger son, older, I mean, he's 35, the younger one, um, he had made Aliyah in 2007 when he was 19. Wow. And he went to join the IDF. Wow. And after his IDF service, he stayed living in Israel for approximately 10 years. He went to university. Uh, and then he came home a few years ago uh, with his bride-to-be. <laughs> um, they got married in Jerusalem. They lived in, in Manhattan and in the Bronx for a number of years. So a couple of years ago, he said, we're going back to Israel in the summer of 21. And the oldest son said, I'm moving to Delaware in the summer of 21. And we said, well, we better, we better get out of town because we're retired now and there's no reason to live in the Bronx anymore or be in New York anymore. So you made the move to Delaware. We made the move to Delaware. And then? We're sharing, and then sharing a home with our other older son. And then when Michael... Why should we stay in the Bronx <laughs> when our children are gone? So we so decided we the process was let's, let's start the Aliyah process. And uh, we did over a year and a half. Ago. How would you describe the process? What was it like? It's, chal- it's challenging. It's very difficult. There's a lot of paperwork, an enormous amount of paperwork. Uh, and it gets complicated. And it took a few months, I assume? It took us almost two, two years. years. Almost two years. Well, because wow. of also COVID. Right, that doesn't you, help. You couldn't get the documents you needed from the city and state agencies because of the shutdowns. COVID doesn't seem to have helped anybody. No. And it certainly didn't help this process, that's for sure. No. What was your reaction when your son originally went to the Army? I didn't sleep for three years. Wow. <laughs> and you're probably not even joking. No. no. I was, it's a tough one. I was we were, very, very upset. I was very proud of him. Very proud. But... This is my baby. He's leaving me to, to join the army and, and knowing that, that things were not very stable, I was so worried about my baby. Oh, he was 19 years old at the time. Wow. And he just said, listen, this is my life. I'm going. Li- this is my, my life. I, I love it there. He would, by, that, by that time, he was speaking fluent Hebrew and he said, I, I want to live here. So where'd you go right? <laughs> Where we go, right? <laughs> good, good question. And it's interesting because he's legitimately a Jewish hero. You get to be parents and tell right. people that you're legitimately parents of a Jewish hero, which Absolutely. is an amazing feeling. Yes, it, it is. Absolutely. And uh, you'll be living in Jerusalem. What area of Jerusalem have you chosen? In Arnona. Oh, very nice. Wow. You're right in the middle of all the action. Yes. Mm-hmm. Our son lives in Baca. Wow. Uh, right next door. Next door uh, with uh, his wife and our little three-year-old granddaughter. And we're going to be living in Arnona. What is today's experience like? Did you have family at the airport? Were you alone? What no, was we, were, we were alone. Um, it's it was very moving. It was very moving and yes. emotional. Extremely what so. What do you think it's going to be like when this plane lands for you? Even more so. I'm also returning. I, I, I was born in Tel Aviv. Wow. And I left Israel when, I, when my parents took me away at the age of six to come to New York. I'm now and 69. And you've so been in New York <laughs> since? I've been in New York since. Do you um, remember Tel Aviv at all? Somewhat, yes. A little bit. Not, not a lot, right. but somewhat. You know, um, My gosh, this so is a real return for you. It You're is talking for about you. Shivat Zion. It is. It's a real return. I'm very excited and happy and 
very emotional about it. I feel really good. Wow. And I also, all of my relatives stayed. So we have, I have seven, six or seven cousins with children and grandchildren. It's a very large family. Oh, you'll have plenty to do for the next few weeks. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. yes. You'll have quite an agenda, <laughs> to say the least. Yes. Uh, Gabriel and Rita Groomer, who till now were in Delaware, at least for the last year, and now they're heading to Israel. And you'll be reunited, obviously, with family. Yes. And uh, we wish you the best of luck. A Thank big, you. big mazal tov. We're very excited. And Thank I, you. I hope that those who are listening understand just how excited you are and realize that they could feel the same excitement. I hope so. I, I hope, hope so, so. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank a pleasure. You. A real delight. Pleasure. Uh, the Groomers, they're heading to Jerusalem, everybody. That's right. Gabriel and Rita Groomer are heading to Jerusalem, uh, and they'll be reunited with family, and they are just two of the 225 Olim, 225 um, uh, people who are moving to Israel on this flight uh, here as we uh, broadcast JM in the AM. Well, we interrupted our prayer for the soldiers earlier, so we'll get back to that and do plenty more coming up as we are in hour number two of JM in the AM on a Wednesday morning. Keep it here at the Nahum Segal Network.
JM in the AM, Wednesday morning broadcast. Meeting some amazing people here, Jewish heroes who are moving from North America to Israel. We're on the uh, 63rd charter, Ali Afli with Nefesh Benefesh. On this Wednesday morning broadcast with 225 Olim aboard. And among them, Jonathan and Hannah Kelson. Hannah is here and ready to tell us about what it's like to make Aliyah with her husband and two children. They are making Aliyah from the three children, excuse me. <laughs> I follow the notes. What can I tell you? <laughs> I hope they know the third one's here. <laughs> it's not an issue. Good. Uh, they're coming from the Bronx and moving to Jerusalem. And it's a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you. Just move that up and drop the mic, and thank you for joining us again. Thank you for having me. So when did this whole adventure begin? When did the Kelson family start to seriously consider making this move? Ah, so we started to seriously consider it this past fall. We were pregnant with our third, and it was time to leave our apartment and uh, figure out our next steps in life. And we explored a bunch of different options and realized that Ultimately, Israel was really where we wanted to be, and we'd been thinking about it for so long, independently. John and I had both um, spent most of our lives thinking that we would eventually end up there, and this just seemed like the right moment to do it. Boy, you're inspiring for a lot of people out there who are teetering about <laughs> uh, whether we, it's time for them or not. We teetered. We really teetered a lot. <laughs> and you <laughs> finally made it to the plate, thank yes. God. Jonathan is a Jewish educator, as it's described. Yes. You're working for a tech startup. Yeah. Can I assume that that tech startup is based in Israel or not necessarily? No, that was one of the things that really uh, pushed us over the edge, that I can work remotely and uh, so continue working for my American company from Israel. And, and this might be one of the most important conversations of this flight mm -hmm. for this reason, because people are worried about employment and if they do have a job that's based in America, they worry they're gonna have to travel back to the United States a lot. Is that something you're gonna have to do? I will probably never have to travel. <laughs> which is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I will have to work American hours, which is going to take some In a home office, I assume, or in not? In a home office, yeah. That's pretty remarkable. We'll see, we'll see uh, how that gets set up. I right, I understand that. I don't have such a that. clear plan for that yet. But, um, so but noon yeah. to midnight for you would be essentially you know, a long shift. It would probably be yeah. right Israeli time. Yeah, I Well, maybe not noon. That's not fair. Somewhere in the afternoon till midnight. Yeah, I think right. also like... I'll do a lot of like heads down work while right. the kids are in school and then start again in earnest after they go to sleep. Boy, oh boy, <laughs> so I'll tell you. Plan. The sacrifice one makes to live in the holy city of Jerusalem. Yes. Uh, it says here that you have family members who are going to be there. I don't know if they'll necessarily be yeah. at the airport, but they'll be in Israel greeting you. Who's there already? We've actually told them not to come to the airport <laughs> because I think after this flight, we're just going to want to go home and go to sleep. Smart lady. Um, but um, so my sister made Aliyah 12 years ago. Wow. And uh, she lives with her husband and five kids. And uh, we just, yeah, we're so excited to really be able to see them and live in the same country as them. can imagine. Um, and my mother made Aliyah 10 years ago. Wow. So, yeah. What city is she so in? She's in Big Gamliel. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, so you're, really uh, so you're, um, uh, you're catching up to them. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I don't want to say <laughs> pulling up the rear, but you're, you're catching up to them in this regard. Yeah. And, uh, and ma making it um, uh, to Israel. Nefesh Benefesh, it's no secret that this has been three years since a charter flight, a, a flight that frankly I think is necessary for people to really understand the excitement and energy that goes on uh, with this organization. How easy did they make, or, or relatively easy, did they make this process for you and your family as your, as your baby. <laughs> as my baby is Has some objections to the flight, it seems. But being held by Nefesh Benefesh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Person. Talk about support from Nefesh <laughs> yeah. Benefesh. How was the process like for you? Uh, it was, there. it was great. I mean, there were so many, so many um, 
steps along the way. Everything right. is like a multi-part process, and so Nefesh Benefesh made it extremely clear and straightforward what we had to do, how we had to get all the necessary documents, and what our what the steps were along the way. If anybody ever wonders if you're a multitasking mom, I think we now have <laughs> we have proof. You could do a radio interview while taking care of a crying baby, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> Jonathan and Hannah Kelson are making Aliyah from the Bronx to Jerusalem. They are part of this incredible flight of 225 Olim, 99 children aboard. Three of them are theirs. And uh, information, of course, it's uh, nbn.org. .il. I thank you so much for joining me here today. Thank you for having me. Mazal tov to you and your family. Thank you so much. Which is pretty amazing. And uh, enjoy this incredible journey. Thank you. It is uh, coming to an amazing and incredible end as you'll move into your brand new home in Israel. Thank you again. Thank you. The Kelsons are on the flight and they are moving to Israel, actually to Jerusalem. And um, and we thank uh, we thank uh, Hannah for joining us this morning here at JM in the AM. We're going to uh, be actually be speaking to, uh, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, you want me to grab that for you? You got it? Sorry about that. <laughs> it is not easy to take care of a newborn, or a baby at least, and at the same time do a radio interview. That's one thing that we just learned. Uh, but she handled it very well. Uh, Rabbi Fast is going to join us now, and um, and plenty more coming up here at JM and the AM. I do want to remind everybody who's been inspired by this conversation, has been inspired by our. Uh, by, uh, if you want to take that selfie, let me know. Is inspired by this conversation, has been inspired by the guests that have been on this program so far today. Uh, it's eight six six four Aliyah, eight six six four Aliyah, or uh, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il. That's how you can get information about everything that's going on here um, with this incredible organization. nbn.org.il or 8664-ALIYAH. And uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a couple of months since we last spoke to Rabbi Fass, but it's actually been a couple of years. Rabbi Fass is coming now. Please, thank you very much. Um, it's been a couple of years. Since oh, you want to do it that way? Okay. Um, it's been a couple of years since we've actually spoken to him three years since we've spoken to him on a flight co-founder of Nefesh Benefesh as we broadcast here on a Wednesday morning Rabbi Fass is putting on his headphones with his microphone to his left always following the instructions properly and I appreciate that can we assume that Tony's with us? Oh. Tony's with us, microphone to the left, Mr. Gelbart, and what an honor and a privilege it is to be able to greet you again after three years on a flight. There we go, just like that, right? So first to, to Tony, we say uh, welcome to JM and the AM. Oh, thank you very much. And what a pleasure to have you here. And to Rabbi Fass, they are co-founders of Nefesh Benefesh. I say welcome to JM and the AM. Thank you so much. Now, the last time I saw Tony, and this is really important, I think, for this audience. The last time I saw Tony was in November. It was at the, at the brand new Nefesh Benefesh campus. And that ceremony, which was so inspiring, so incredible, and so heartwarming, ended with a presentation. Rabbi Fass, you may remember this. It ended with a presentation, I don't know if I'm referring to it accurately, you can correct me, with the Aliyah and residency papers for Tony Gelbart to in fact be recognized by the Israeli government as a full citizen of the state of Israel. Am I representing that properly? 
Is that ask, correct? Ask correct. 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 Ding, ding. Yes, yes. Very good. Correct. You, thank you. <laughs> you. You win the prize. <laughs> I appreciate that. It's a fantastic I memory. I didn't realize we were straight <laughs> into the fun portion of the show. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we'll, well, we'll ease in slowly. So, first correct, for the audience, sir. for the benefit of the audience, because yes. I was thinking of this sitting there, yeah. for the benefit of the audience, what was that presentation like for you? Oh, it, it was um, something that I was thinking about for all my life. And to have... Rabbi Fast, Josh, to present it in such a fashion uh, it was incredibly meaningful because watching over the last 20 years, 75,000 people make Aliyah, roughly, um, being one of them was a dream come true. Oh, that's what we do here. Literally, one of the 75,000. Halavai by Mirgazak, as they say in Yiddish. Yeah. Hopefully one day I'll be able to count myself. Not only that. is he a chairman, but he's a client. Right. <laughs> he actually uses the service. How do you like that? Um, so yes, Chairman of Nefesh Benefesh, Tony Gilbart is here. Are you uh, are you able to split your time somewhat? Are you still able to travel the world, even though you are now a full fledged well, citizen they, of Israel? Everybody asks me where I live, right. and I say <laughs> on a plane, and that's probably the truth of it all, you know. But I do go back and forth oh, quite a bit, sure. And even during COVID, you know, I, I got stuck with needles and blood and everything for a long time. So it works. It works. Yeah, I can imagine. Thank God it works. I mentioned the campus. I saw it in its infancy. Some might argue it's still in its infancy. Your impression of that incredible facility that you could only have dreamt about 20 years ago? It's just the beginning because it's not just a building. It's what's going on inside the building. And that building is allowing us to, for lack of a better word, take our tentacles and reach out to all over the world, but seriously all over where the Jewish people are living, and say, hey, look, guys, stick with these tentacles. We'll bring you home. And that's what's going on in that building. It is amazing. Rabbi Fast, the building has given you an opportunity to expand programming and really open up Nefesh Benefesh even more to people, especially those living in Israel, than you have been in the past. What does that new facility mean to you? It's a dream come true. It's, it's literally a dream come true. What we, the amount of people and the volume of just a foot traffic every day, the inspiration, the education, the facilitation, the celebration that happens daily is absolutely remarkable. Every gap yeshiva seminary program has visited the campus. Ukrainian aliyah happen at the campus. Um, Haredi women retraining for a job, job entry happening at the campus. Um, Friday night meals for young, for young professionals is happening at the campus. Every single day, there are literally hundreds of people that come into the office. And just to learn, to be touched, to engage what Sionut is all about. And I joke all the time, I was like, I don't know 90% of the people that are in this building. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and what we, ex we, we said to the municipality, our dream is that down the road, we would have 4,000 people come a month. And that we felt was ambitious. Right. Now we're having around 2,000 people a week. It's just hundreds of people every single day. And another dream coming true is that we're hosting our first wedding of two lone soldiers. And uh, we created a package that comes with a wedding planner, it comes with a videographer, 
and it comes with a place that's free, and they're planning. They really came to, last week, they came to the, the Chatan Kala, came to our office, walked through, they were like, okay, where's the Yichud room? Where's our family going to put the guests, uh, the gifts? And we're like, oh, we didn't think this through. <laughs> where's the Chassan Sish? We're like, oh, wait, wait, you go too far. We had a chuppah, and we had a meal. We forgot everything else. They're going to be using your office for everything else. Where are we changing it to the wedding? We're like, well, stop. Where's but the band rehearsed? Exactly, but, but we're having it. I don't know what it's going to look like. It's going to be beautiful. And if they're listening, it's going to be fantastic. Oh, that I'm sure. <laughs> Josh Fad, Rabbi Yoshua Fass at Tony Gilbart here on this amazing flight. Uh, Tony, it's not a secret. Um, some might deny it, but it's not a secret that there are those who question whether the charter flight is a necessity, right? It's always a conversation whether uh, the value of the charter flight uh, I'm sure you agree with me, after a three-year hiatus, being back in this atmosphere is such an energizer and does so much for not only the people here, but for the entire organization, I would argue, for the Jewish people in general who are tuned in and watching. Uh, your thoughts about being back on a flight like this three years later? I couldn't wait for this moment. This is three long, long years. And I have to tell you something. It's a different feeling, you know, when you sit here on the plane, gather with a group of people, all like-minded, all making eye. You really don't know the person sitting next to you. Right. But by the time you land, you're all coming home to Israel. I mean, it's amazing to do this and to be here and to feel this. Without these flights, you could do it. But it's not the same. You need to have one, two, three. I like more, but, you know, as many as we can do. Over COVID, we couldn't do it. Right. It was restricted. So we're here. We're back. You know, and the way we love to do it, this is the 63rd flight. And God willing, we'll have, you know... Another 63 soon. At least. Someone said, I may have a sim shana. I was like, why are we limiting it? <laughs> I may have a stream. I'm like, why are you limiting it to 120? Yeah. Keep going even past 120. Right. Um, no, just to add, I think sure. it's very important. Uh, when you think about just these eight weeks of the summer, this, is, this flight represents only 10% of the people who are making Aliyah. to make that point, right? So 90% of the people making Aliyah in June, July, and some of August <laughs> are not coming on this experience. They're coming in groups. But it's not the same, and I think it's very important, not just for the Olim to have this option for their children, to have that commonality of experience. It's, it's fantastic, inspirational food. <laughs> <laughs> to it, say for the soul of, of the Jewish people. It's very nourishing. But it's also good, also, I mean, as a uh, informational packet, you know, I should speak. When someone sees this online mm -hmm. or somewhere where they have a video and they see it and they say, wow, this is what it's like. I'm not alone. Let's go. This is fun. This is good. This is exciting. And I think that's a lot of the program here. You, you really have to take a real deep look at what the emotion is when you get off this plane and you land in Israel. And you can see that by video, you know? So not everyone has to be on the plane, on the charter, but it's really for something for everyone to see. Even people who are not making Aliyah need yeah. to see the people who are making Aliyah. I would bet that the, stat, that the applications, rather, start going up after an experience like this. People around North America mm -hmm. see this and hear it and say to themselves, it's time to at least explore these possibilities. Uh, 75,000 Olim on Nefesh Benefesh's uh, 63rd charter Aliyah flight and they have an incredible and amazing campus in Israel. And this charter flight, as you heard, represents just 10% of what's going on this summer. And we should point out, by the way, that all the groups you mentioned, 
They're greeted at the airport. They've got a big celebration. There's plenty of support from the staff. Everyone goes through a process that's you know, very much hand-holding. But nonetheless, there's nothing like this collective experience of being on a charter flight and uh, being all together. So those of you who wonder about the necessity of the charter flight, it's not just necessity. It is, uh, it is something that energizes the Jewish people uh, in general uh, to explore Aliyah, which we recommend everybody out there explore at nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il, and 8664 Aliyah. So now that it's 20 years, and we talked about the campus being a dream come true, uh, but the, the concept in general, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the way that you describe not knowing people who are in the building, Rabbi Fass, uh, you knew your entire staff and everybody who worked for Nefesh Benefesh 20 years ago. It was a small group that started out, the two of you and a cluster of people that had this dream and collective energy uh, to get this off the ground. And now, unfortunately, you may not have that same type of camaraderie with everybody. It's impossible to do that. But you have this, these incredible numbers and a, a massive operation that's doing things on such a larger scale. So I guess it's a balance, right? It's great to look back on what it was like, but it's also amazing to Shep Nachas and what's going on now. Yeah, and you learn from the past. You learn from the intimacy of having that close relationship with the staff and the value of that that you try to bring to a, a larger operation with multiple offices around the world. And you try to create those those points of engagement. Uh, I, I meet with new staff for a lunch every few months just so that they have wow. that, that personal connection with me so that it's not awkward when I, when I come and have that second or third or fourth engagement with them so that they have downtime. They can ask me any question under the sun, mostly about the history of the organization. Um, it's an onboarding of sorts. And the fa there's a, a really beautiful energy within the staff yeah, the staff is exceptional, uh, as you can see. Yeah, and uh, I want to thank the ones who are helping us on this flight. Just, Incredible. There's a, there's a sparkle in every single one of, of their eyes. It, from the moment that they're interviewed and we grab them, and coupled with their passion for their job and their professionalism, and it's, it's a winning, it's a winning, winning combination. And, uh, and you see it, and that generates and engenders this beautiful, beautiful camaraderie and family orientation within the office and just people feel really really connected we were just we uh, the other day we had a farewell to our benoche those who did national service by us and at the end of we had a day the whole staff went together we had you know uh, we, had, we had refreshments we gave out presentations and gifts to each one of the benoche each of their managers spoke about their contributions in that year and a guest was coming to the office that they had peeked their head in it just to see what was going on. And they're like, I worked for a firm for 13 years. And when it came to the end of my, they thanked me, they had a little, uh, you know, toast, and that was it. What you gave to those girls, it's like as if they ran the organization for 30 years. You, <laughs> you built them up, you, you, you their contribution, their connection, it was remarkable. And we're like, that's who we are. And that's, that's a given that after a person gave their creativity and contribution to the, to the organization, to the Olim, they should have that takaratato, they should have that appreciation. And how more so for people who have given professionally on a long-term scale. Yeah. And that speaks volumes of the staff, speaks volumes of the culture that we've tried to create. Look, I find it remarkable that whenever I walk through the office, you see people happy, but you also see them loving their job. 
Now, wouldn't you love your job? You love your job. I love what I do. Rabbi Fass loves what he does. We love what we do. So that's the atmosphere in the office, and we love each other. I mean, I have to tell you something. There are people there who worked for almost since the beginning of 20 years. They're still I there. Know, There's a lot. Amazing. There's a lot. And even the newcomers coming in is going to be felt, you know, same kind of camaraderie and brotherhood, sisterhood, family uh, from the person who's been there 20 years. Even on this flight, on the charter flight, um, two of the staff that's staffing the flight are new staff members. Interesting. It shows that we value them, that we want to train them, we want to upgrade them quickly, and they're on par with people who have been working here for 20 years. Wow. And they're part, equally part of the team. And, and by the way, if I can interject something, sure. there are many people who started off at, you know, entry-level positions who are now senior <laughs> managers. Senior it's managers. pretty amazing. To get personal for a moment, I think I've asked you this before. It's 20 years later. Why does this work? Why is the fast Gelbart partnership still going strong? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, go ahead, Josh. I, I think the last time I asked this, Josh actually <laughs> took the question as well, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. <laughs> I get... I get <laughs> There I don't is, uh, step I'm in gonna, his I'm way. Gonna, no, no. no. <laughs> you don't step in my matter. Who knows? Uh, on, uh, on the <laughs> deepest level, I've, uh, I know thousands of people. And uh, Tony is a rarity of an individual who is extremely passionate and selfless and committed and whatever he does, he does with 300% of his, with all of his energies. And it's, it's rare to find a person like that in life. And when you find a person in life, you don't let go. Hold on to them. And in, in, any, in any realm, it could be a spouse, <laughs> it could right. be a friend. Correct. And in this, in this case, uh, it's, it's a dear partner. And that... That, that appreciation and love for that other individual just is the foundation of all the work that you do daily. And I think we, not I think, I, I know that we, we have tremendous respect of each other's strengths. We are very open of, each, of our own weaknesses and know how each other supplements and complements the other individual. And we never step on each other's toes and it's symbiotic. And we, it's 20 years and we talk almost daily at least once and uh and it's it's just uh, it's a it's a mutual yeah. love a mutual appreciation and both of you seem to have your eye on the prize which of course is north american aliyah and you don't let anything get in the way of keeping your eye on that prize true but i do have to go back for a second so i that's why i let uh, rabbi Fass answer <laughs> the question last time and he did a, a great job this time thank you because I, I'm sure because I praised you <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't do it I couldn't do it any better I mean, what can I say about myself you know no, no. It, it just you know there's a thing called ditto you know it's the same he's you know 20 something years ago 21 years ago uh, when this whole thing started um, you know he was uh, he was he is a brilliant rabbi and you know, thought he was going to come learn with me. I was jumping up and down on the Shabbos, you know. Shabbos, like, he, oh, you're here? He goes, oh, let's go talk about something. But from that moment, before that moment, before Nefesh Menefesh, when he was there, he was, he was like a magnet. You know, people would be attracted to him because of his 
intelligence and his demeanor and his composure and all those amazing qualities a person has to be a magnet, like a Pied Piper. So, you know, that's what allowed me to flourish and allowed him to flourish. Well, yeah. I'm glad that I uh, also fell victim to the magnet yeah. and that we've had this incredible uh, now, relationship I'm going to ask a question. Why does the Gelbart Fest Siegel combination work? Work, yeah. So please, Nachum, <laughs> share. <laughs> Uh, look, first of all, I, I, that, I'm glad you gave me this opening because otherwise you would have been upset at me if I would have brought it up. Mm. You're among the first people to reach out to me during very difficult times, which I greatly appreciated. Um, my audience knows, but I'm going to say it again because you've given me the opportunity, that uh, after our studio burnt down on March 27th, among the first people to walk into my apartment at a time that was so dreadful i can't even it, it pains me to revisit it in my head was rabbi fast yep. he was there within 48 hours and uh, offered me tremendous comfort at a time that I, I i now know what it means when someone is inconsolable and um look that's the extreme that's the extreme but for some reason from the moment that we met both of you love at first sight when yeah. we first met i i again believe that you saw in what I do, this eye on the prize, this mission, this, this, you know, through the music and the announcements and the discussion, it all leads to one thing, and that's the eventuality of the future of the Jewish people being in the state of Israel. That's what it's all about. Everything that we do, every little thing, every, what seems silly to people, I think it all leads to that eventual goal, that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. And how could I possibly be more like-minded with the two of you than that? No, when history right. is written and there is a nod to those who get it or got it, who understand national destiny and the calibration of where our people should be and what values we should have, you are so on top of that list. And you have taken and you've sacrificed for it. You've sacrificed for it. And uh, you've done it selflessly, and you've accomplished what armies could accomplish. And uh, you have that. And that's why we love you. Yeah. Because you get it. Thank you. And if I'm on that list, I can only imagine where the two of you are, but, but that's a separate we're conversation. Footnote. We're a footnote, a like footnote? in the back. If you say so. Some compare it's a, it's you. A very some, compare, <laughs> some compare both of you to certain prophets in yeah. Jewish history. Yeah. So I don't know if you should minimize yourselves, it's but we'll foot. go through it today. I'll be happy with a footnote. I don't know if Tony knows or not, because it's been a very difficult year, but in the last couple of months, we've had an opportunity to celebrate. Uh, my daughter's engaged, and, oh, and that wedding is taking place know. in November. Oh. And, and what some might say even more importantly, with all deference to Yoni Siegel, some might say even more importantly, we just enjoyed the birth of our first grandchild. Oh. It's the Saba Club. He's joined the Saba Club. Saba Club. Oh. Welcome. Ac actually, she calls me Saba. How do you like that? Oh, nice. And uh, so, th so please, God, and with this flight, I want to tell you something. COVID Shmovid. With this flight, I, I get I get the energized feeling. You know, uh, Rabbi Fast described earlier about certain anxiety I might have because it's three years later and he's right. But boy, there's such an energy and such a simcha that's going on in this plane right now. You haven't missed a beat. Thank you. You I haven't missed a beat. Thank you very much. I mean, you're, you're doing great, Nachum. You're doing great. We won't have to replace you when we get over. <laughs> As, as Rabbi Fass said, as Josh said, 
the, the things that you've done all of your, your life so far, um, you've done it with clarity, simplicity, but really what I think is so important with love in your heart Thank you. for the Jewish people. And, and I think that your audience tells you that. Thank and you. that's what's important. Thank it's you your audience, much. and you have a huge audience. So they're going to be a, a line waiting to join our charter flights for all the yeah. praise that we give to guests. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you too. Certainly the media section for sure. Yeah. That's, that's a given. I thank both of you, and I say God bless you to both of you. That's it? We're done? Oh. Hey, if you have more to talk about, I can sit here for the next oh, couple of hours. Based on your questions. Are you Come kidding on. me? We covered the campus. We covered Big Back after three years. We covered how both of you are among the most comforting people in my life. Uh, what else is there? I'm not sure. How Saba? How's uh, your Saba experience? You know, I said to my son, the father of this young lady, uh, Esther Liel, named for my mother, I said to him, this is the most beautiful baby I've ever seen. And he turns to me, Benjamin Siegel, and he says, Dad, are you being objective? And I said, of course I'm being objective. Why would I be anything but objective? I'm a journalist, after all. Why would I be anything but objective? So I don't know. Do you think that maybe I'm showing some favoritism? It just happens to be that this granddaughter is the most beautiful baby I've ever seen. Absolutely. I, I think the rabbi fast is a few. I'll, I'll show you pictures of my granddaughter. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, now we're in competition? Oh, we're going to... We've so never been in competition, right? And now, and now for the debate session. <laughs> no. Uh, I, can, uh, I can assure you I'm probably one of the very few Sabatonis, you know. <laughs> that's what they call me. Sabatonis! Sabatonis! That's great. That's it. That's that my is name. great. Yeah. Sounds like a pasta. I yeah. love it. I think I'm going to make a pasta. You know, that's Sabatoni. a great idea. Let's go Sabatoni pasta. Sabatoni, I love it. That's Sabatoni pasta. That's a great you're idea. Just, you're just we pure. Just, you're a purist Saba. I'm a pure Saba. I'm also. I'm I've known for 40 years. Ever since my father became a Saba, I said to That's myself, it. I want to be Saba. So I'm yeah. a Saba. Stacy's a Safta. She actually was Old thinking school. of being Safti. And then, and then once the baby was born, she changed back to tradition. And she said, I'm going to be Safta. And that's it. Yeah. And hopefully, nice. hopefully, hopefully, one day we will actually be on a flight like this. And, uh, and, and, and acting as both of you have, acting as if the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. It's a message I'm trying to convey to these listeners, these wonderful listeners of mine for decades, and hopefully, it will, I'll, hopefully I'll actually internalize it one day, and we'll, uh, and we'll join in. Tony, you weren't there when my wife and I were in Rabbi Fass's office for our very first Aliyah consultation. Actually, it may have been the 30th Aliyah consultation, but it was one of the, it was one of the official It was the ones. first ones you sat on a couch. Right. So it was, it was oh. more counseling. Than it was one of the first ones where it looked like we were serious. No, it was a serious conversation. No, it was a serious conversation. Actually, I actually have a follow-up for you from that conversation, which we're going to discuss oh. off the air. Uh, but hopefully one day everyone will realize the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. What can I tell you? Halavai v'halavai. Yeah, exactly. I would be loving to interview on your flight to oh. Israel. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine what that would be like, but hopefully hopefully soon it'll happen. But I, I can't even imagine the emotion oh, that will be going through. We'll just through. attach a GoPro. Yeah, like to someone to follow you for oh like my gosh. twelve hours. It's actually a good oh idea. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Am I going to have to be one of those people that keeps an Aliyah log, like a diary, uh, or a blog, or a vlog, as they call it these days? I'm, I'm gonna. Is that going to be necessary? I'm maybe I could just respond. check. Maybe I could just in check in. <laughs> maybe to, to, to all the vloggers out yeah, there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Let me stay in my lane, right? Uh, someone actually told me that there are a couple of people on this flight in the world of social influencing. 
Are yes. You, are you aware of that? Yes. There are a couple of people who have a... Uh, That's you, no? Well, I don't know if they would call, call me social influencer. I would I would think that I'm more, <laughs> more of a traditional influencer. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, there are people out there with followings that are really, uh, really making their mark, and some of them actually moving to Israel, which is pretty cool. You've had a, a bunch of those over the years. Yeah. Uh, information about all of this, because now we want people to actually explore the possibility of making Aliyah. We've spoken to so many great Olim during this show today, and I would hope that their experience and the ease with which their Aliyah process has gone would encourage others to uh, find out more. And that's, of course, nbn.org.il. And I really didn't want to focus on, on COVID, but I do want to make the point that even during COVID, Aliyah numbers remained up and that people did not use the pandemic as, as an excuse to stay away from the Holy Land. Just, just the opposite. Contrary, right? Way up. Way up. And... Yeah. and it helped people really focus on priorities. And you come know. to the reality they could work in Israel. They could work in while Israel. While they live in Israel for an American job. Remote, yep. remote, remote. That yeah. was it. So that's a lesson we learned in this whole experience. Right. Anyway. If there's any good that we can get from it. Any other inspiring words? No. That's it? I'm good. All I could say is thank you for having me. Thank you for thank having you us. Thank you for being here. And Tony, God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. And thanks for welcoming me into the Saba Club. Uh, that's a wonderful I'm, club. Let's hope I'm good at it. Okay, yeah, you'll be great. I hope so. <laughs> More coming up. You're listening to a Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM. Rabbi Yeshua Fast, Tony Gelbar. Tony's the chairman of Nefesh Benefesh, and of course, uh, they are co-founders of this incredible organization, and we get an opportunity to speak with them each time that we are on this flight. Oh, I didn't do this, but I'm going to do it now. And I've shut Rabbi Fast's microphone, so he can't even object to it. This, this is the song that is known that is known begrudgingly, nothing against Lenny, we love Lenny, but once we started getting into the habit of playing this song, or I fast started, oh, you want your mic back? You want it back? Go ahead. We love Lenny. We do love Lenny. I'm just embarrassed by the theme song. <laughs> Why? It's, it's a classic at this point. No, but how many people have their own theme song? Yeah, I get that. I get that. Okay. You're a modest man. What's funny is that the one or two times in the last few years that I haven't played it before any of your appearances, you got I get complaints from hundred percent. And on our app, people are commenting what happened to the theme song. People write like, to me, "What's wrong with Nachum?" And I'm wait a second, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, "This can't be! It has to be as bad as Rifas says it is." But now I understand it. You're just embarrassed. It's like Rocky's theme, exactly. Now that he's just embarrassed. That he actually has a theme. Bring song. it on! Bring it on! As Bring right. it on! More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM.
JM in the AM, there it is. <laughs> there it is, or my fastest theme song, making Aliyah today, as uh, Lenny Solomon and Bruce Springsteen <laughs> would sing it. Uh, we're meeting some of the great Olim, some of the heroes of the Jewish people that are on this flight, 225 Olim, on the uh, 63rd Charter Aliyah flight of Nefesh Benefesh. We haven't been on a flight like this in three years. There hasn't been a flight like this for three years, so it is amazing and incredible. Uh, to um, to be part of this. Uh, Eitan Pritzker is with us in our makeshift studio for this uh, conversation. He just graduated high school and is joining the IDF, and he's from Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. My <laughs> gosh, just finished high school. <laughs> yes, sir. Tell me what this was like over the last few months, this whole decision process. I mean, it was easy for me, less so for my parents. I mean, they always wanted me to go to college, you know, get a good education then do what I want to do but I've always been set on this and so excited to be here how did you what do you think was the first spark how many years ago and what was the first thing that that made this all happen so I went to Israel like five six years ago and got a chance to go to a uh, army base and I just saw the community and you know I thought I wanted that one day so yeah so your parents are to blame they'll let you go to the army base. that is true <laughs> <laughs> how are they handling things today were they at the airport today or no not? Uh, we went leave it in, in Atlanta right. so uh, I flew there by myself to New York and uh, they said by there. The, was you know, there a nice send-off there? Yeah, there was a nice send-off. They brought me out to dinner, got me some presents. It was very nice, yeah. Boy, oh boy. And uh, your plan is to go to Israel with this flight and stay there? Yeah, I'm going to stay there, go to university, and go from there. Wow. What's the, uh, what's the IDF system now like for you? When do you go in, and how long will you be in? What is, what is it going to be like? So I, I will start in like November, December. I have to do Mikveh alone, which means I uh, do a few months of extra Hebrew work. And then I draft, and uh, I'll be there for almost three years, yeah. Wow, unbelievable. Yeah. And at what point do you get to, uh, I don't know, decide what area of the Army to go in, or are you pursuing a specific area? Uh, my aim is to be in combat. Uh, wherever they put me, that's up to them. I, I, I wanted to be in San Hanim for a while, so which is paratrooper, so we'll see if that happens. <laughs> which high school did you go to? Uh, Riverwood High School in Atlanta. And what do your classmates think of this decision? They thought I was absolutely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they're act they're actually they're actually making a good argument, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and how did they adjust to the reality that this is happening? I mean, they they were shocked. They still are shocked. They're excited for me, so they're gonna Facetime me when I land. So it's very uh, nice of them. Unbelievable. You've been dreaming, according to our notes, uh, dreaming of joining the IDF for a long time, as you described. Uh, and then it says here that you want to pursue political science after the army service. Is that as a as a representative of Israel or in the political system in Israel, what do you see yourself doing? You know, I've always, you know, my dream of mine is always to be in the Knesset, so we'll see if that happens. Um, I'm very passionate about the Jewish people, and, you know, I've always been an advocate, and we'll see what happens. Wow, so. that's that's quite a goal. Yeah. <laughs> and at your age, I would think that being in the Knesset seems idealistic and altruistic. Yeah, you know? very much so. You get to be my age, and you wonder about the, uh, you know, the dream of being in the Knesset, if it's really a dream or a nightmare, frankly. <laughs> but hey, it sounds like you're familiar with the Israeli political oh, scene. It's a mess, so I don't <laughs> it says here, moving to Beit Zerah. Yes. And that is Army-related or part uh, of the program you described? No, part of the program. So we're staying at a kibbutz. We will learn Hebrew there. It's uh, up in the Kinneret. It's a very nice area. We'll stay there, then we get to stay there um, after if we want for a little bit, which will be nice, so yeah. 
Where does all this come from, this Zionistic feeling? And I know you said you were in Israel a few years ago, but still I would assume your parents and your environment had something to do with this. Yeah, so my uh, my grandparents moved to Israel when they were younger. They got married there. They, My mom, well, they moved back to South Africa. They had my mom and they moved back to Israel. So I always had this Zionism in my family and traveled back to the U.S. and they had me and, you know, they've kept that spirit going and I wanted to keep the flame going. Unbelievable, I'll tell you. Uh, a word of inspiration for those who are listening uh, and wonder about this process. Would you consider the Nefesh Nefesh process easy or doable? What would you say to people who are thinking about this? I mean, when I first started, I thought it would be such a daunting task and so difficult, but I mean, Nefesh Nefesh really made it easy. It's all online, it's nice and simple, and they help you and, yeah, it's a dream come true. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Eitan Pritzker, who's from Atlanta, Georgia, and in a few hours is going to be a full-fledged citizen of the state of Israel. Thanks so much for joining me this Thank morning. Thank you so much. I appreciate really it. appreciate it. More coming up. You're listening to... I apologize. I may have hit that by accident. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm sorry about that. Shachar, could you handle things? Thank you. Uh, a special <laughs> a special Wednesday edition of JM in the AM uh, that we're recording on the flight. That's right. We're here on the flight, believe it or not. Uh, a flight that includes a youngest Olev, two months old, oldest Olev, 75 years old, 19 medical professionals, 48 singles, and 42 who are going to the Army or are, um, uh, are ready to uh, do their national service uh, and are going to be doing so when they get uh, to the Holy Land. So we have a, an incredible array of people, all heroes of the Jewish people, and everybody out there who has ever uh, considered, who has ever thought about the Aliyah process, it's time for you to uh, contact Nefesh Benefesh. It's 8664-ALIYAH, 866, the number 4, and then A-L-I-Y-A-H, or just go to nbn.org.il. You've heard our guests describe just how easy a process it could be. Take care of it and start it now for you and your family. Again, 8664-ALIYAH, nbn.org.il. Special shout-out to the entire Nefesh Benefesh staff who have been absolutely amazing during this flight and before the flight and no doubt after the flight as well. I thank all of them, top to, uh, top to bottom, for all their efforts from all of us here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. with uh, Sandy Shmueli with that selection. Um, here on a J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday morning, Ari Carmen and Neely Seleski are making Aliyah with their four children. And Neely is with us here, making Aliyah from Chicago, Illinois. And uh, with us on a uh, J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday morning broadcast, they are heading to Efrat. A pleasure to welcome you to J.M. in the A.M. Thank you. My daughter's actually engaged to somebody from Detroit, from Chicago. How do you like that? Oh, nice. Uh, Eitan Zuckerman is her chatan. So uh, how is your family doing uh, on the flight so far? So far, so good. Everything's all right? Oh, yeah. How did the children adjust to the reality that they're moving to Israel? I think everybody's excited. I think um, for a little bit we were on... More on the uh, excited side of neutral, but very neutral about it. And then, you know, we tried to make it exciting. They got new video games for the flight. <laughs> um, and then, and now that it's a reality, I think like it's really exciting. They got to see lots of people doing it. Um, it's becoming a little bit more real for them. When did this dream start for you and your family? Um, well, it's actually started a while ago. Um, me and my husband actually started dating on Yom Atzmut. Oh, is that funny? Uh, about 15 years ago. And then it was always something we talked about doing. Um, and then I went to medical school and residency and it was never a great time. And we had always said uh, when our oldest is 10, that's, it's, that's it. After that, we're not going. They're going to be too old. And then he's He's turning 11 in October. So it worked so at that we just, It was like now or never, and we decided now and not never. So. By the way, if you have to go, then just, you know, <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. Speaking to Neely Seleski here from Chicago, Illinois, originally, uh, 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 Ari's grandfather, actually, with a connection to Israel, came yes. to Israel back in 1949. Yeah, his, his grandfather was here, I think, for a couple years, I guess doing almost like a hachshara. I don't know what it was called back then. Oh, you yeah. can try. Sure. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he has a picture of him, like, um, digging a canal or something from the wow. 40s. And then he ended up coming back and marrying my husband's grandmother and settling in Detroit. Pretty amazing. And uh, you are a pediatrician. 
I am. And you plan on working at Kupat Halim in Israel. You're one of many medical professionals who are on this flight. Yeah, it seems like it. I'm actually I'm actually internal medicine and pediatrics nice. boarded, so double boarded. But um, I, I hope to work outpatient. Did and the degrees and the licenses and all that stuff work out? So far, so good. Um, I got an email from the licensing that all I need is my two datahoot and the scientific council. I don't know what it's called in Hebrew, but whoever does your specialty, I went up, my information went up in July. Right. I didn't hear anything from them, so I think it's good news. Fantastic. And then as soon as my two dozen, I think that'll be it. All right. Well, good luck with that. The Kupat Cholim is going to be uh, in Efrat, or you don't know yet? I don't know yet. I'm not, I try, um, it might be good to get out of Efrat right. to work, but... We'll see. We're going to let you go to your baby. And <laughs> a word of inspiration. What do you say to people who are thinking about this? Um, it's a long road. There's lots of paperwork and frustration, but so far, so good. It's really exciting, and it's really, really, really nice to see lots of young families doing it. Thank and you very much for joining us. Yeah. All I right. very much appreciate it. I feel so bad for the baby, so go right ahead. All right. Thank you. Uh, we wish a mazal tov to Anili Seleski and Ari Carmen. They and their four children making aliyah how do you like that pretty amazing huh pretty amazing we're coming up you're listening to a wednesday morning edition of jm in the am from the plane no joke we are broadcasting from the plane el al charter flight nefesh benefesh here i come on my way back to the place where i belong the feeling overtakes me Cause I know I'm going home And it burns Since I left there last My heart aches to return I can't feel the warmth embrace me
Jam in the AM. Song done by our friends from Shalshelis Jr. here on a Jam in the AM Wednesday. We're on a plane. No joke. We are broadcasting our Nefesh Benefesh show from a plane. The Nefesh Benefesh Charter. And I thank you all for tuning in and being part of this amazing radio experience. Special shout out to Seth Levitt and everybody at A&H. Uh, don't forget, it's grilling season, everybody. Make sure you have what you need in your fridge and freezer for a delicious grilling season. Um, also, a uh, reminder that Jesse's Wag presents a uh, Wednesday live lunch. It's coming up at 12 noon, or I should say at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Make sure to be tuned in for that a little later on this uh, morning. 
This is the Nefesh Benefesh 63rd Charter Aliyah flight, and it is one very incredible and inspiring uh, uh, journey. And we're going to meet uh, uh, Rachel Rudenstein in just a moment. Say it again. Oh, that's okay. I apologize. Rachel Eisenberg. Hello. Got to get. I know you, don't I? Yeah, I have a feeling. Anyway, but these go on. These go here. And that's uh, on your left side, the microphone on your left side, and I thank you for joining us. Um, Rachel Eisenberg is here. And if I have my information correct, Rachel Eisenberg is the mother of four children, all of whom are on this flight, correct? Is it three? Yeah. <laughs> Just to prove to you that, you know, uh, that, should, that should be a blessing for you, please, God. I anyway, <laughs> your three children are with you on the flight, as is your husband, correct? Correct. And um, uh, thank God your husband's family has already made Aliyah, yes. right, over the years. Tell us, with the, here, move that a bit closer to your mouth, and tell us what this was like for you, this whole process. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I would say it was pretty overwhelming and exciting. Um, there was a lot of preparation over the past year, even more. Um, we probably started, you know, getting things ready over the past three years. Wow. Um, but, like, the weeks leading up to making Aliyah were going from exciting to overwhelming. I'm happy the goodbyes part is sort of over and we're ready to start our journey in Israel. Yeah, there must be a big sense of anticipation to finally get to this day, to get to this point. You're from Muncie, New York. Do a lot of people living in Muncie make Aliyah to uh, Israel? I would say no. Um, I grew up in Muncie um, and we were living in Riverdale, actually. Ah. We, we sort of moved to Muncie back with my parents as a pre-Aliyah. Got it. Um, financial decision. Right. Um, but I would say most people from Muncie are not making Aliyah. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they're listening in today. They'll be encouraged by your words and start the process of making Aliyah. Uh, you are a pediatrician. I am. I do pediatrics, and then I specialized in allergy and immunology. Now, what does this mean in terms of your future in Israel? Have all your licenses and uh, approvals gone through, and are you ready to start working in Israel? I would say um, 80% there. Um, Nefesh Benefesh actually had a, like, a very good event, the MedEx event. So I was able to like, bring all of my paperwork there, which took a lot of preparing for for that one day. <laughs> I can imagine. Oh um, but it, <laughs> it was very helpful because soon after like, my license was approved, um, and then my pediatric specialty was approved with a like a histoclute period of three right. months. And I'm still waiting to hear about my specialty approval in allergy and immunology. Unbelievable. And uh, your husband is a dentist. Yes. And that, I assume that's a whole other set of situations to go through for the transfer, right? Yeah, that was, um, for some reason, they make that a little easier. Oh, interesting. <laughs> he had to sh also show a lot of his paperwork. Right. Um, but he has his license approved and he can like just go and start. Very nice. Is that, no his, is that his plan? That is his plan. Very oh, he's nice. coming. Oh, is this a, There we go. This is Shlomo the dentist. Maybe you could put this on Shlomo the dentist. And uh, thank you very much, Avichai. Avichai has been amazing. Just an amazing help to us here during this show. Shl uh, Dr. Eisenberg, <laughs> a pleasure to welcome you to JM and the AM. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, tell us about the process. Your wife says that yours as a dentist was a little bit easier than hers as a pediatrician. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, luckily they... Uh, They've, they've uh, done like a five-year uh, reciprocity type of thing. Oh, wow. Um, it started a few years ago. I'm going to pass over the baby. Hold on. <laughs> a lot of babies on this flight, Baruch Hashem. <laughs> Baruch Hashem. Uh, so most of the paperwork has been submitted. The only thing they're waiting for is my Tudat Zehut. 
and, and then I you're can ready. Get a license, yeah. Pretty cool. Um, what do you think of this flight? What do you think of the atmosphere and the energy on this flight? It's like a party, like camp. <laughs> a party <laughs> bus. Say camp. Yeah. A party bus <laughs> in the air. What do you think it's going to be like when you land? Do you have family visiting uh, the airport that are going to be? Uh, my family is very excited. I, can <laughs> I have my my parents are there. I have three sisters there. They'd be very happy to know that we're on uh, Nachum Siegel. So. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Tell them to tune in for sure on Wednesday afternoon Israel time. Absolutely. So, so it's a uh, it, it's an experience that I hope is going to encourage others to go through this process. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I hope that people are listening and are going to want to explore all of this and understand the future of the Jewish peoples in the state of Israel. It's something you do understand. Future of the Jewish peoples in the state of Israel. Yeah. It's the message I've been trying to communicate for 40 years uh, to this amazing audience. And uh, and I, I hope you would say that as difficult a process as it is. Once it's done, you look back and you say, you know what, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. We feel, I mean, I feel much more relaxed now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting on the flight. Now that you're at this stage. Uh, yeah. 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 I can only imagine. Uh, so hopefully these words will be inspiring to people because we want more and more to explore the possibility of making Aliyah. Uh, any uh, any other thoughts that come to mind for you in terms of the, uh, well, we, we spoke to your wife. <laughs> I'm, now, I'm now curious if any other inspiring words come to, th come to your, uh, uh, I wonder if you're thinking, as so many of your family members have already done this, and you're sort of, you know, at the end of that process, I'm wondering what that means to you through all of this. I mean, it's been a, a dream for my whole family, myself, of course, included. Um, you know, from a, a Torah perspective, it's, uh, we're Levine, so from, from always from, from a, I guess from my uh, perspective, it's kind of, we missed out on a chance a few thousand years ago, now we're, we're trying to, you know. Nice. Nice perspective. Yeah. Service is what Levium are all about, right? And the way, the best way to serve God is obviously to be in the Holy Land. But I, I wish the best of you, the best of luck with this journey. Thank God you're on the flight, and thank God you're ready to celebrate in Israel. Uh, Rachel Eisenberg, a pediatrician, Dr. Eisenberg, and Shlomo Eisenberg, a dentist, Dr. Eisenberg, I thank both of you, and continued success. Mazel tov on your aliyah. Thank, thank you. you. Pretty amazing. <laughs> More coming up. You're listening to a... Uh, Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM as we continue from the flight. No joke, we're on a plane, everybody, as hard as that is to believe, and doing a show from a plane. And we'll continue with more coming up. Actually, we're getting into our final segment. One more guest, and then uh, we'll wrap things up on a Wednesday at JM in the AM.
Kolela here at JM in the AM, yeah? It's bittersweet because people are leaving family and friends, but it is uh, amazing and incredible watching all these Olim, all these people who are heading to Israel permanently with their families, start their lives anew and make a commitment to their own future and to the future of the Jewish people. Just remarkable and just incredible. JM and the AM on a uh, Wednesday morning. We're on the Aliyah flight with Nefesh Benefesh. Explore your own Aliyah at 866-4-ALIYAH, 866-4, and then A-L-I-Y-A-H, and of course, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il. Explore and get ready for your move to Israel as we um, continue to work with our friends at Nefesh Benefesh to spread this word and encourage people encourage the uh, the children the grandparents the uh, the children the parents that um that the time is now that the time is now 225 olim on this flight and as someone just pointed out to me and i want to thank uh all the people here on the flight that have been so helpful the nefesh benefesh staff uh as someone just pointed out to me we had an opportunity during these these few hours to speak to um some of the medical professionals, lots of doctors moving to Israel, and the nurses, psychologists, physical therapists, etc. We had an opportunity to speak to some of the singles, actually some of the singles who are heading straight to the Israeli army, which is so amazing and incredible. We had an opportunity to uh, speak with, the, um, with, with retirees who are moving to Israel and settling there, wanting to spend the latter part of their life in the Holy Land. And uh, it's just remarkable how we were able to get such an amazing cross-section of people on the air and, um, and provide for everybody what I hope has been a really inspiring broadcast. Uvo ha'ovdim. Uvo ha'ovdim. What words would possibly accompany an Aliyah flight better than these? Shofar Gadol Uva 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 U
J.M. in the A.M. with Uvawa uh, Ovdim. After all, what could be a better way to wrap up our broadcast than with those uh, prophetic words, which, of course, became a true prophecy. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. 
JM and the AM, I thank you. I thank you all for tuning in. The 63rd Charter Aliyah flight, Nefesh Benefesh, on this Wednesday morning at JM and the AM with 225 Olim and just a remarkable and incredible collection of great people who are ready to facilitate and help you make Aliyah. All you got to do is uh, contact them, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il, and of course, 866-4-ALIYAH, 866 and number 4, and then A-L-I-Y-A-H. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world of web, and Alchemysical.com, and Alchemysical Network, and of course, the beloved NSNF. And it's this tune that uh, wrapped up the ceremony at JFK, and it's this tune that wraps up our broadcast from the plane. The Hatikva, the national anthem of the State of Israel. A big thank you to everybody here with Nefesh Benefesh. A big thank you to all of you for tuning in. Tomorrow we're back. We'll start at 6 a.m. of Rummy May actually start the show tomorrow. We'll see. Don't forget, live lunch with Yossi Zwag happens at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern Time later on today, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to join him. And from the plane... From an Aliyah flight, a charter Aliyah flight that has brought 225 Olim to Israel. It's Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, to live the present, and trust the future.